it's fantasy football time with the fantasy football champs. Fitzgerald leaps, and he's got it! It's a touchdown for Larry Fitzgerald! Dominate your league with the guys from ffchamps.com. throwing, back of the end zone, leaping grab, touchdown! Todd DeVries and Bill Enright are the fantasy football champs. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Champs. We are live here on the Football Nation Radio Network for the next two hours, and we're helping you dominate your fantasy football drafts. This is our draft edition of the Fantasy Football Champs. I am Bill Enright alongside Todd DeVries. What's going on today, Todd? Mr. Bill, we are inching closer to the official start of fantasy football draft season i mean it is here we've always recommended you do your drafts after week three well what week are we in here in the preseason bill heading into week three and it ends on august 26th or oh. the, actually august 25th yes so it's coming up man i mean I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of drafts this weekend it's really starting to get hot and heavy so now is the time to listen close folks you know that labor day week that Labor Day holiday weekend kind of throws a wrench in a lot of people's plans. So I think a lot, I think you're right. A lot of drafts do happen this weekend, but it really sucks if you take someone, you know, at four o'clock on Saturday afternoon and then you're watching the, you know, I don't know, the Falcons and Titans game at eight o'clock at night that Saturday. And all of a sudden you get a breaking news alert that one of your players went down with an injury. That's why we really tell everyone to wait until that third preseason game is over. If you're if you're drafting after August 25th, you're in the clear because these guys aren't playing in that fourth preseason game. No, as long as all the injury reports are in, you know. Right. That's that's the key, you know. Uh, you, you might have a few players that are still kind of questionable out there. You're not really sure. You know, maybe they're waiting on an MRI or something. But, yeah, you, you know, wait on your drafts. It's, it's just not fun. I told you that last week on the show, Bill, we had one of our drafts like a week and a half ago. And already, you know, there's depth chart changes and injuries, and you're like, really? You know, I, luckily my team's still pretty, pretty healthy, and I picked the guys that are going to win their jobs. But there's a lot of guys out there already complaining. You know, Le'Veon Bell, Bill. Oh. Not only did he get a little dinged up, we'll get into that in a few minutes, but yeah. you know, he also didn't look really good. And that's a guy that was a hot rookie a couple of weeks ago. Yep. I guarantee you his ADP is dropping as we speak. Uh, as you mentioned, Le'Veon Bell from the Pittsburgh Steelers banged up last night or Monday night game against the Washington Redskins. We're going to get into some of those depth chart changes, some of the injuries that we saw during the second week of the preseason. Also going to take a look at some of the contract players, the guys that may be extra motivated because they're looking for a big payday at the end of the season. We're going to dive into the Our Guys list. This is one of the most popular articles on FF Champs every year. The Our Guys list. It's part of our sleeper articles, but it's a little bit different than your typical sleeper. These are guys that we want on our teams. We'll explain that in just a little bit. We'll also recap the preseason or the second week of the preseason. Uh, told you, uh, we'll tell you guys who looked good, who didn't look that good. And a lot of teams didn't look that good the second week of the preseason. I'm a little bit shocked how to maybe alter the rankings just a little bit. But you don't want to overreact to what you see in the preseason, right? Yeah, you know, there's definitely things and trends to the kind of eye-opening, you know, during the preseason. Uh, every once in a while, a team will throw out a complete clunker or a right. stinker. The key with that, Bill, is fantasy-wise, is how do you take advantage of that, you know? Yeah. How do you take advantage of when the whole nation watches and a player just stinks up the joint? Uh, can you, you know, separate 
the, the fantasy from the reality, so to speak, and maybe pull, you know, because what happens when a player has a bad game, obviously, on draft, you know, the, on all the drafts, the ADP of that player goes down. You know, right. maybe he's a fifth round draft pick. Oh, he didn't look so good. Eh, sixth, seventh round. You can't put too much stock yeah. into these preseason games. So it's kind of, you know, you got to really be careful. But uh, we'll go through all each game and highlight what we saw. There's definitely a lot of good things to uh, to go along with the bad, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you're right, Todd. You have to take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, there are trends that you can discover in the preseason that, that will last throughout the regular season. Some other topics for today's show, we're going to talk about the differences between the Dynasty Leagues, Redraft Leagues, and also Daily Fantasy Leagues, and our guys at DraftKings.com just released their Week 1 kickoff bash. Todd, there's a lot of action going on over there at DraftKings.com. They got some great prizes, over a million dollars in Week 1 prizes just for Week 1. They're giving out over a million dollars in cash prizes. We can't wait to get started, try to get you guys uh, some cash for playing fantasy football. So we'll talk about that. Also, Danny Fresh from FootballNation.com is going to join us. And uh, as we're just getting started here, we might as well say hello to our producer, Josh Deering, doing an excellent job making the magic happen behind the scenes. What's up, Josh? Uh, not too much, guys. Uh, happy to be here. Glad to have you, as always. Todd, we want to help everyone out as much as possible today. Easiest way, the best way, the most fun way is to give us a call. Pick up the phone, 855 478 7030. We're also answering your tweets at FF Champs. You can also email us radio at footballnation.com. But really, the phone line's wide open right now 855 478 7030. What do you say, Todd? Did we review what happened in these preseason games some injuries, some depth chart changes, some battles still going on, some depth chart battles. Uh, still kind of eager to see how that all plays out here in the week three of the preseason uh there's a lot to get to so what do you say we go through the latest player news sure before we get to the injury list why don't we go with the latest news which was like five minutes ago and again a lot of you might not be listening to this show live but uh as we speak here on august 20th at 1206 p.m eastern time we just heard that michael vick has been named the starter for the philadelphia eagles now this one wasn't very shocking chip kelly kind of made it seem like this was a, a, a real battle in camp, and he let Mike Vick start week one, he let Nick Foles start in week two, but but Vick has looked like the starter uh, basically from day one. He has, and I think that, you know, all things being equal, Vick was going to be the guy. If Vick just had a terrible fall camp, uh, that might have changed things. But he looks he's looked pretty sharp, actually, Bill. So not a big surprise, but um, actually the most surprising thing to me from a guy who followed Chip Kelly through college is that he named it so early in the process. Usually Chip Kelly would wait till the very last moment to name his starting quarterbacks when he was at Oregon. So uh, that's a pleasant surprise for fantasy owners. Now we know definitively who's going to be the guy on week one, as long as Mike Vick can stay healthy between now and then, which is never a guarantee with that guy. Since he became a Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Philadelphia Eagle, he has never played a full 16-game schedule. In 2009, he played 12 games, 2010, 12 games, 2011, 13 games, and last year he missed 10 games, the most of his career uh, since uh, joining Philadelphia. So when you think about Mike Vick, yeah, he's the starter for week one, but how long can he last? Can he put together a season like we saw him do in 2011, or excuse me, in 2010 when he had nine touchdowns on the ground and, and 21 touchdowns through the air? Or is that long gone? 
Uh, we're kind of excited to see him in Chip Kelly's offense, but if he can't stay healthy, he's not going to do much uh, for your fantasy football team. Yeah, I mean, if you're drafting Mike Vick, I do think he's a guy with upside, but you definitely, definitely can't be counting on him as a QB1. Right. Um, he might be a guy that you platoon while he's sure. healthy. Sure. And uh, if you want to go that route, and we do advise that you wait on your quarterbacks, maybe he's a guy that you platoon and uh, you can get some great weeks out of him. But if you count on him to be there through thick and thin through from September through de- December, chances are pretty slim that's going to happen, especially in a Chip Kelly offense, Bill, where you know he's going to be running a little bit more than normal. And i got to be honest, I think as Vic being named the starter this early, it kind of boosts Sean, uh, LaShawn McCoy and Deshaun Jackson's draft stock a little bit. Yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt. And let's be honest, man. Uh, and again, it's only the preseason. You don't want to get you know, too out of control with the expectations. But all three of those guys have looked excellent. Yep. Uh, they've been saying that the reports out of Philly camp are that Deshaun Jackson's looked the best on the entire team of anyone. Yep. He's had yep. his best camp ever, uh, which is interesting. And LaShawn McCoy's been a little banged up, but you saw him last week make some electric plays. So, sure. Uh, and again, the, the, there's a lot of talk out of Philadelphia that LaShawn McCoy could break his own yardage record this year if he stays healthy. They have big plans for him catching the ball as well as running the ball. I think he's if he can stay healthy, and that's a big if, yeah. but he could be in for a monster season. All right, speaking of health, let's get into some of these injuries that we saw in the second week of preseason action we had a little bit of a scare for a moment. Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Doug Martin had a head injury. He took a knee to the helmet. He left the game. He wasn't diagnosed with a concussion. He ended up practicing on Monday, so it seems like we avoided any any serious injury here. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, especially you know, considering Doug Martin's, you know, a top a consensus top three pick this year. Yes, you know, that, that we avoided the big one here. Uh, well, and for selfish reasons, Bill, and I'm sure there's a lot of you out there listening that are in the same boat as me. You know, this is the time of year where, in a lot of redraft leagues, you figure out your draft position. You know, yep. so, somebody gets together with the commission, you draw out of a hat, however you do it. Right. And I'm in the two hole in one of my big leagues, Bill. The two hole. Well, there you go. And it's a typical league. I know that AP, you know, Adrian Peterson's going to be gone. Right. I'm eyeing up Doug Martin, perhaps, and then I get this news, like, the day after. So I'm like, you know, I'm hoping this is nothing to worry about. Right? Yeah, I don't think it will be. I don't think it's going to be so, lingering yeah. at all. No. But, it's you know, it's, it's worth monitoring going forward. The, the good thing is they didn't say he had a concussion. If right. he had a concussion, you know, that could come back very easily when you're a running back. Yeah. That's that is good news. So we'll see. Uh, but you know, you never want to hear any of these big time running backs show up on the injury report for any reason during the preseason at all. Just shut it down, especially yep. the running backs. But we talked about this last week. Why? Why even play these guys more than a series? Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. That I never understood that. Uh, the running backs I'm talking about now. You right. Know? Yeah. It's different. You know, with the old line, you're trying to you know get some continuity going and, and some other positions. But the running back is a running back. You know, he's only got so many carries in him. So uh, keep those guys off the field as much as possible, please. Yeah, I agree with that. Some wide receivers to get to. Three big-name wide receivers, Roddy White, Wes Welker, and Victor Cruz uh, of the Falcons, the Broncos, and the Giants. Roddy White and Welker have a mild ankle sprain. Uh, It's expected that Roddy White's going to miss the rest of the preseason, and Wes Welker is questionable for their third preseason game, as is Victor Cruz, who has a bruised heel. He's officially listed as day-to-day, 
but I don't think he's going to play this weekend against the New York Jets in their third preseason game. So here's three wide receivers, Todd, who were pretty much locked in as a top 15, maybe top 20, depending on your league format. And, you know, this actually may help drop down their draft totally stock. Agree draft stock a little bit and instead of going in the mid third round maybe they're starting to go in the early fourth round now are any of these ankle sprains high ankle sprains that's the good news here none of them are the high ankle sprain that's what concerns me exactly and so i'm with you bill again we talked about the very top of the show how negative news can be a positive for fantasy owners right and with roddy with wes and with victor I'm not worried about these injuries at all. I'm hoping if my draft is in, let's be honest, Bill, this is only going to really help if your draft is in the next four or five days probably, right? Agreed. If, you know, a couple of weeks from now, people are going to forget about these little injuries probably. So, But if your draft is coming up the next week, which is possible, these guys might fall in your lap a round or two later than perhaps it's expected because you know they are on the injury report. So use it to your advantage. All right, how about we continue on with this injury list? We have Le'Veon Bell, who we touched on a little bit earlier in the show. The Pittsburgh Steelers rookie running back was playing against the Washington Redskins. I was watching this game, Todd, and before he left the field, he didn't look very productive, should I say. Uh, the Steelers, as a as a team entirely, they didn't look that good last night or Monday night against the Washington Redskins. But Le'Veon Bell started the game. It was his first preseason game. He was a little bit banged up for their preseason opener so this was the first time that we got to see him in action and after the first series he never came back in because he has a sprain midfoot now midfoot i'm guessing is somewhere in between your toe and your heel somewhere <laughs> in that area <laughs> i've never really heard of this injury before uh he's going for an mri today so we'll know some more details hopefully by the end of the show we can update you guys on he didn't look good when he was healthy in the game either bill that's what i'm saying he just didn't yeah. look very good no, well, you know, and there were a lot of expectations. Everyone was waiting to see him. He didn't play the first couple games or the first game. So, you know, what you saw was uh, not much. And then he goes out with an injury. So not a great debut for Le'Veon Bell. And would you agree that you'd be probably a little more concerned with him than the uh, aforementioned other four superstars we talked about as, as far as, you know, draft day uh, steals? Because he's a guy right now, again, if your draft is his weekend, Bill, He's going to definitely drop. His ADP is definitely going to drop after what happened last night. Yes. But he'd be a guy that maybe I'm kind of a little more questionable on than those other four proven veterans. Certainly, because when he was first drafted, everyone kind of assumed he would take over as a starting running back. He would get all the carries. He would stay in on third downs and get a lot of passes. Um, But now with the injury, and he was banged up pretty much all of training camp with a knee injury and a hamstring injury. So right now, Jonathan Dwyer didn't look that bad against the Redskins. I think he had like 14 carries for 68 yards, something like that. You know, it, it starts to kind of make me question whether or not Le'Veon Bell is going to be the workhorse or if it's going to be a running back by committee in Pittsburgh. Maybe to start the year it might be a running back by committee. He definitely sure. hasn't taken this job by the horns and just blown everyone away, you know? That's what I would have liked to see. Unfortunately, it didn't yes. happen. No, didn't happen. And obviously, I mean, he was banged up. Prior to this, which is why he missed the first preseason game. Yep. So he hasn't, you know, he hasn't set the world on fire yet. It's not too late, but uh, I'm definitely a little concerned with him. Let's move on to the next one, Bill. One of the rookie quarterbacks in this crop of, of, of rookies that we weren't really high on at all uh, as compared to last year. I mean, last year you had Luck and RG3 and Russell Wilson. This year, EJ Manuel has actually looked pretty solid in the preseason. Now he's hurt. 
Yeah, and the thing about Manuel was he played through this knee injury. He had a, had a, a minor author. I don't know if you can call any surgery minor, but he had some kind of knee procedure done after the preseason game. Uh, he was still 10 of 12, had 92 yards and a touchdown, and he played through the injury and, and decided to get the surgery after the game. He's going to miss the rest of the preseason. It looked like he was going to be named their starter for week one, but depending on his health status, you know, we might see Kevin Cobb uh, under center Ugh. for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's. I think, I think a lot of people have that same reaction. I mean, E.J. Manuel, I'll admit, you know, pleasant surprise. Didn't yep. expect him to look as solid as he did. Yeah, I know he's going to get some vanilla preseason defenses. They're not really throwing the kitchen sink at him, but he looked pretty solid. And uh, so figures that he would go down with some sort of injury. And he's a guy that's going to scramble. He's going to run for a few yards. So a knee yeah. injury is a little bit more significant for him than, say, a pocket passer. Sure, sure. Let's stick with the rookies here. We got DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Caught a touchdown in their first preseason game, looked pretty good in their second preseason outing, but he came away with a concussion, and he is out for their third preseason. Yeah, he is out, and um, probably, would you agree, maybe the best-looking rookie thus far, a uh, rookie wide receiver thus far? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, yeah. He was really... Instantly, right away in May, Todd, the uh, head coach for the Texans, Gary Kubiak, came out and said, listen, Hopkins is our number two guy. He's going to start alongside Andre Johnson. So we knew right they, they were praising him for catching on to the offense so quickly. So we knew right away that Hopkins was going to be their number two guy. And it's a piece of the puzzle that the Texans have been missing for a pretty long time. If you think about it, it's really just been Andre Johnson uh, for their wide receivers. So now they have an explosive rookie. What was his nickname in college? Nuke? Nuke. Yeah, Nuke Hopkins. So he was an explosive uh, rookie that we were excited about. Uh, he, he'll be healthy by the time for week one. If you can pick him up later in your drafts, I think it'll be a good move because I think this injury does make his stock fall a little bit. Moving on to the wide receivers, uh, Kendall Wright avoided an ACL tear, has a sprained knee, but they're calling him questionable for week one. Right. Uh, originally it was believed that Wright tore his ACL just by looking at the play where he got injured. Yeah, uh, luckily, right, luckily that's not the case. Now, the thing I like about Kendall Wright is, even with Jake Locker under center, Kendall Wright can still be pretty productive. Whereas if you look at a guy like Ken, uh, Kenny Britt or Nate Washington, I really feel like Locker's accuracy can impact the way they play. But since Wright's a kind of a possession receiver underneath guy, I could see him still having a pretty good season, but this knee injury scares me a little bit. Um a sprained knee for a wide receiver, you know, that makes it tough to get in and out of your breaks and, and make the proper cuts when you're running your route. So we'll see if he's healthy for week one. But another guy, his draft stock is going to dip because of this injury. Totally agree. Let's move over to the Dallas Cowboys, Bill, where, you know, after DeMarco Murray, there were a couple uh, running backs we were keeping a close eye on. One of those, Lance Dunbar, sprained his foot. And I think he's out for the rest of camp. What does that mean for the uh, depth chart there in Dallas? Yeah, this one matters, Todd, because DeMarco Murray, as we know, has been injury-prone dating back to his days at college. Uh, he hasn't played a full season in the NFL, so we were very curious to see who would win the starting or the number two job right. in the Cowboys' backfield. They drafted Joseph Randall out of Oklahoma State this year. They took Lance Dunbar in last year's draft, and it seemed like Dunbar was having a really good training camp. It seemed like he was going to be Murray's handcuff. But now with this sprained foot, Joseph Randall has the opportunity to come in and take over that backup job. Yeah, that's significant. Um, 
totally agree there. I mean, DeMarco Murray, you just, you know, is he, you call him a handcuff then? Would you call him the handcuff to DeMarco? Who? Randall? Randall. I, I, I think I would now, yeah. Yeah, okay. But originally I had Dunbar as the handcuff. Right. And listen, these names don't mean a whole lot in August, but I'm telling you, in November, when you're trying to make your fantasy football uh, playoffs, you're going to want to know these guys. And just remember that we we're talking about them early on in, you know, before week one of the season, because, you know, when DeMarco Murray goes down, you're going to be looking for a waiver wire replacement. So we'll see uh, if Dunbar can recover from this sprained foot. The names might not matter now, but I'm telling you, they will eventually. Right, right. How about the tight end position, Bill? Kobe Fleener for the Indianapolis Colts. Knee sprain considered day-to-day as MRI was negative. The tight ends just can't catch a break this year, Todd. The position just keeps getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. We also have Dustin Keller, who's out for the year. He tore everything in his knee. ACL, PCL, MCL, dislocated his kneecap. So here we have two more injuries to the tight end position. Kobe Fleener with the Colts. Dustin Keller out for the year with the Miami Dolphins. You're really going to have to hit on that tight end pick this year. And and we have a couple guys uh, coming up that we're going to reveal that we think you should be drafting. But the tight end position, man, you know, it's just it's getting slimmer and slimmer. Yes, absolutely, man. Uh, Quarterback injury, Blaine Gabbert. He was named the starter and still named the starter for week one for the Jags. But he sprained his thumb, and he's out for the rest of the preseason, mostly precautionary, I guess, right? I would assume so. He looked pretty good against the New York Jets in their second preseason game. Uh, He was doing a lot of quick screens, a lot of short routes, so getting the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. The thing about Blaine Gabbert is... He's Blaine Gabbert? He's just Blaine Gabbert. Like, I can't get excited (laughs) about him. You know, he sprained his thumb on his throwing hand, which is going to impact the way he he throws the football. But they still named him the starter. Like, it was just a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, what are they going to do in Jacksonville? Get the ball to Marie Trump's Drew, hopefully. God bless you if you're a fan of this team. Yeah, you know? I mean, you've gone through some tough years. It's just, there's just nothing there. There's just no, there's really no hope. Is there hope with, with the new coach, Gus Bradley? Maybe. Maybe he energizes them a little bit. Yeah, could be. I don't know. It just seems like, especially fantasy-wise, I like Diesel Shorts. MJD, of course, is always a factor. But the Jags are just such a non, just a non-factor in the world of the NFL. They're just one of those teams. You're like, why did they put a team in Jacksonville again? You know? That's, yeah, it's that's a whole other story. Yeah, their owner scares me. Shad Khan, I think his name is. Yeah, that he's crazy a, mustache. He's a, yeah, he's got a crazy <laughs> mustache. Can you trust that guy? I don't know, man. I don't, I, I don't know if I trust him, but he's not one of those guys that want to double cross. Yeah, exactly. All right, what do you say we get into some of these depth chart changes, some of these position battles? A lot happened, whether it's these injuries that we just went over or performances on the field. We already mentioned that the Jacksonville Jaguars named Blaine Gabbert as their starter. Todd, we were kind of hoping that Chad Henney would be named the starter based on what we saw from both of these passers last year. Yeah, well, as far as fantasy goes, I think we aren't willing. We, I think we've seen enough of Blaine Gabbert. We're not really giving him much more of a chance as, from a fantasy perspective. No. Whereas with, with Chad Henney, we know he's got – he doesn't have a huge upside, but we know he can manage a game. He can put up some points. He can get the ball out to those receivers that we want him to do. You know, I think we just have a little more fantasy trust in Henney than we do with Gabbert. So 
a little disappointing. Uh, I mean, Gabbert, I don't know. I just don't see him being the starter the whole year. You're going to see a combination of the two of them throughout the year. And then, you know what, Bill? Probably next April they're going to, uh, or May, whenever the draft is next year, they're going to uh, draft Teddy Bridgewater. What do you think? Yeah, I can see the Jacksonville Jaguars going after the Louisville quarterback for sure. Yeah, that's 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 going to be the next the next time they uh, announce a significant starting quarterback, it'll be Teddy Bridgewater in my view. We already said that the Philadelphia Eagles named Mike Vick as the starter. No real surprise there, but a little bit shocking. The Cleveland Browns claim they still have this quarterback competition uh, going on in training camp and in the preseason. Brandon Whedon has actually looked pretty good. He's the incumbent starter. I can't see Jason Campbell taking over as the number one quarterback. Brandon Whedon has he has looked nice in the preseason, hasn't he? Yeah. So what what are they waiting for? Are they trying to keep him extra motivated, or I don't know what they're doing? But I mean, I'd be really shocked if Whedon wasn't the starter come week one. I agree. He's looked he's looked good. He's he's he looked good both games, and I don't know what they're waiting for. So I think it's inevitable though. He'll be the guy, and. You know, I'm not going to go crazy with Whedon and try to grab him as a super sleeper, I don't think, or anything, yeah. um, unless they're in a really deep quarterback-heavy league. But, uh, but hey, he's, if he can get the ball out to some of the playmakers, that, that's what you're looking for. And right now, so far, so good. How about the situation that's going on with the New York Jets, Todd? Geno Smith was inactive for their second preseason game with an ankle injury. So mm-hmm. you'd think that Mark Sanchez would come in look really good, try his best, and win that starting job. This was his window of opportunity, but he blew it. <laughs> How, are we going to talk about the Jets every week on this show? I just I just want to just talk about the ineptitude that is Mark Sanchez's performance. I mean, he looked good on the first drive that they had. He had a touchdown to his tight end, uh, Jeff Cumberland, but for the rest of the game, he just looked awful. Yeah, they're just terrible, Bill. Really. Is yeah, anyone? Just, what is his ADP? Do you even know? No, nah, he might be. He might be unranked. He might be unranked. Uh, you know, not not coming up in our system. I can look real quick though. I'm I'm looking right now. I'm looking way down the list. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Twenty third round. Yeah, I don't, my league only goes till eighteen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sanchez is twenty third round. Gino's seventeenth round. Unless you're in like a sixteen or an eighteen team league. You're not going to pick Mark Sanchez or no. Geno Smith. Or maybe, no. I guess if you're in a 12-team, two-quarterback starting league. I still it, don't think he makes the cut, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have. I think there has to be 28 or 30 quarterbacks being taken in order for Mark Sanchez to go in drafts. Ugh. All right, enough about that. Enough yeah, about okay. that. Let's talk right, about let's... Some, some impactful fantasy items here. The wide receiver position, Bill – you know, let's talk about the Patriots wide receivers for a second. Sure. You got a couple rookies. Everyone's wondering who's going to be filling, you know, the big holes in the uh, passing game next to Danny Amendola. How about Kembrell Tompkins over Aaron Dobson, the uh, kind of highly coveted wide receiver out of Marshall? What's going on there? Who do we like? What do we make out of what we're seeing in preseason with the two of them? This is an interesting situation, and it's kind of surprising because Aaron Dobson was a second-round draft pick by the New England Patriots. Tompkins was an undrafted free agent. Both of them rookies, both of them vying for that number two starting job alongside Danny Amendola. So if you haven't been paying attention and you only look at where Dobson was drafted or 
you hear that the Patriots took a second round, uh, selected him with their second round pick, you're probably thinking that he's the better pick in your fantasy uh, league. But it turns out that's not the case right now, Todd. We saw Tompkins play in the second preseason game. He had 22 snaps, 22 plays with Tom Brady. Now, Dobson, he only had two snaps with Tom Brady, but he finished with more receptions and more yards. So if you're looking at who's playing more with the starting team, it's clearly Tompkins, not even close. 22 plays compared to just two plays with the first-string guy. So if you're in a league, you're looking for a sleeper-wide receiver, Tompkins is the guy to get, not Aaron Dobson. I'm not saying Dobson's going to be good, but just Tompkins should be going first before him. Yeah, agreed. Um, it, it brings up a good point, Bill. When you know these preseason games, you can't just wake up in the morning and look at the box score. You know, no, you can't, can't do if that. If you do that, you're going to see receivers that are playing with the second, third, fourth string. You know, catching balls from third, fourth string quarterbacks. Right. What you want to see is, and you broke it down nicely, who's playing with the ones, even if they're not catching the ball, who's playing with the ones. And right now, and it's kind of gone back and forth in the in the um, training camp thus far in New England, but right now Tompkins is getting more more love than Dobson. So just take that to, you know, take that and jot that down if you're drafted this weekend and you're looking for a sleeper wide receiver. Right now, Tompkins probably has more value than Dobson. Now, our, our next situation is in Indianapolis, where if you do look at the box score, it actually does match up with who's the one that's performing better in the preseason. Because T.Y. Hilton has been dominating the preseason compared to Darius Hayward Bay, who's listed above him on the depth chart right now. It doesn't matter to, to us, right, Todd? We still like Hilton a lot more than DHB. Absolutely. I just I don't understand all the the people out there that think that DHB is going to be, uh, you know, some huge breakout guy. Reggie Wayne's going to be the possession guy, just like he always is, and Ty Hilton's going to make big plays downfield. Yep. <laughs> as long as Reggie Wayne is Reggie Wayne and draws attention from the defenses, and you got Andrew Luck under center, man, I'm telling you, Ty Hilton's going to have a lot of good matchups, and he's going to find they're going to get him into space, and he's going to make big plays. He might not be some PPR monster. But his yards per catch, and I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns this year, Bill. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm big on T.Y. Hilton. I've been on big on him for years since he was in college at Florida International. And I just think he's going to be, if anybody's going to be a breakout wide receiver for the Colts, it's him. Here's a little tease to our next segment. T.Y. Hilton's on on the Our Guys list over at FFChamps.com. Uh, we love what he can do. We love what we saw him as a rookie. Led all rookies in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns, and we think he's only going to get better with his second year in Andrew Luck. What do you think, Todd? Do you think Luck and Hilton become that quarterback-wide receiver combo for the next 10 years that you know everyone raves about? Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be a guy that's going to catch 100 balls in a year, You know, like yeah. the, the megastar wide receivers. I don't know that he's built that way. He, he's more of a, uh, again, he's more of a downfield threat, a yeah. big play guy. But I think he's going to be a key cock there for a long, long time. But uh, I don't know that he'll ever, you know, become a top five fantasy wide receiver or anything like that. Okay. We had a trade over the weekend or, or earlier on Monday. Yeah, we did. It's not exactly a blockbuster trade, but it seems like the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs just decided to trade their first round bust wide receivers. Do you know what this is, Bill? Like, I took the trash out this morning, right? 
and I had a, uh, you know, big giant pile of trash. And then I saw my neighbor next door. He had a big bag of trash. Yeah. It'd be the equivalent of me just walking up, grabbing his bag, putting it in front of my driveway, and me giving him his bag. That's what we're dealing with here. It's just garbage. You got A.J. Jenkins, who I never understood. I mean, for all the good picks that the 49ers have made in the draft over the years, this was not one of their finest moments. The second they drafted him, I think we all were like, who, what? Yeah, kind of crazy. What do they know that we don't know? Uh, out of I, Illinois, right? Yeah. Out of Illinois, just a very average player at Illinois. I mean, I I didn't understand it at all. And he can't do it. Even when he catches the ball, I think he caught one ball in the preseason, he fumbled it. Yeah. So this Maybe. guy's, you know, awful. And then uh, you got big bag John Baldwin, who has a you know, super freak type body, but he had all sorts of off-the-field field problems, kind of a knucklehead at Pitt when he was in college kind of carried over bad attitude in Kansas city and Andy Reed right away um, wanted to get this guy out of there. So I think it's just going to help their locker room more than anything else. Yep. But I think if you're talking about just, you know, which of these two players has any fantasy value, it's probably Baldwin. I agree. Cause this, the 49ers are pretty desperate for a second wide receiver to go along yeah. with Anquan Bolden. He's a big body. Yep. You know, he's shown flashes. I mean, at least he's shown some ability, right? Uh, right. Jenkins has shown zero ability. Yeah. I don't know what Andy Reid sees in Jenkins at all. 855-478-7030 is the number to call us. If you have a draft question, you need some strategy for your upcoming fantasy drafts, now is the time to give us a ring. 855-478-7030. We're going to go to Justin in Boston who needs some help with his fantasy draft. What's going on, Justin? Hey, how's it going? Um, I'm in a 10-team league, and uh, my draft will be uh, this Thursday. I just wanted to ask a little uh, draft strategy advice. Sure. Um, we don't know what we'll be picking right now. It's like an hour before the um, draft randomizes. Um, for the first pick, of course, I'm going to go with AP. But after that, it's kind of up in the air. So you don't know what pick you have yet? Correct. Until like an hour before the draft. Yep. Well, it's hard to do, you know, some strategy before knowing what what pick exactly. you have. Exactly. It's kind of like, go, like, if I have the first pick, I'm going with AP. If I have the middle of the pick, like the middle of the barrel, if he's available, he's going to go with Doug Martin, but I think he's going to go probably number two or three, or Ray Rice, or Charles. Is this a PPR league? It is not. Well, Bill, I mean, you know, we don't know his draft position, but we've talked about the last couple of weeks. There's nine running backs, in yep. my view anyway. Correct me if you have different opinions. There's nine, nine running backs that I would feel pretty comfortable with taking in the first round this year. And that's who you should take, especially not in a PPR league. Yeah, exactly. And, right, cool. uh, you know, those nine guys are Adrian Peterson, Doug Martin, Arian Foster, Jamal Charles, Marshawn Lynch, C.J. Spiller, Trent Richardson, Ray Rice, and LaShawn McCoy. Not in that order particularly, but those are the nine guys. As long as you're in the top nine, you're going to get one of those guys. Now, is this the type right. of league – have you played in this league many years, or is this the first year of this league? Um, I used to play the past few years. I played in a 12-team league. But it's the same uh, setup uh, standard, non-PPR, but this one is just – uh, yeah, I'm just wondering if you have any read on your opponents and whether they might reach for a quarterbacks early or, you know, how many quarterbacks do you see going off the board in the first couple of rounds? Justin? Oh, did we lose him? Justin, are you there? Bill, I'll tell you what. Um, I think it's a no-brainer in a non-PPR. Just, yeah. You just, just, you're going to take a running back. Just take a running back. 
and it's just a matter of who. It's a matter of where you are. Are you number, you know, the second pick? Are you the ninth pick? Um, I tell you what, right now, LaShawn McCoy is like a seventh, eighth, ninth overall pick. No to problem. Me, that's a pretty him. high upside play. Absolutely. Him and <laughs> Trent know? Richardson. Exactly. CJ Spiller. Yeah. That's a lot. I think I mean, those are, those are the guys that you can get five, six, seven. I totally agree. I mean, I tell you what, who's a guy that um, we didn't touch on him on the injury report, but Arian Foster. Um, that's a guy to keep an eye on injury wise, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Ray Rice or LaShawn McCoy, I'm putting you on the spot. Who are you taking? Like, you have the eighth overall pick. I'm taking Ray McCoy. Rice and LaShawn McCoy, McCoy staring at you in the face. McCoy. Yeah. Upside, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's where he should start. On the way back, it kind of just depends on what's going on in front of him. That's why I was trying to ask him how many quarterbacks might go, you know, because hopefully he's in the league where these other guys are, you know, overvaluing QBs. Yeah. And then for every quarterback that gets taken, you can just have another guy fall on your lap. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting for Justin, who he doesn't know what pick he has yet. I mean, you can't uh, – yeah. that, that kind of drives me crazy. I, I'd want to know what pick I have because I want to be able to do some mock drafts and, and figure out what guys I can get where. And, you know, if you're going to a draft blind, you don't know what pick you have. Yeah, it's kind of cool because it's still a little bit of a mystery, but at the same time, it doesn't really help out, you know, your preparation. No, it doesn't really help the preparation. But, you know, that's, uh, that's how a lot of leagues do it. We don't do it. In most of the leagues I'm in, Bo, we usually know in advance, at least a couple of weeks in advance, where, where we sit with that. So there's no huge surprise. You don't, like, sit down in the room with everyone and then pick names out of a hat. Usually you know well in advance. Right. 855-478-7030 is the number to reach us. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Champs. We're going to go to Dave in Delaware. What's going on, Dave? How can we help you today? Hey, Bill. How's it going? Um, hey, hey, thoughts. I was just wondering, guys, uh, first time I've ever been in a keeper league, so I wanted to see if you had any advice for how I should pre- uh, prepare for my draft being in a keeper league for the first time. Well, Dave, how many keepers do you get from last year, and uh, how many guys are in your league? Uh, it's a 12-team league. Um, I, you get one keeper, and I've been told I have the fifth pick of the draft this year. All right. Is there any... Um... Are, are you keeping any anyone from last year? Yeah, you can, keep, you can keep one guy from last year, Bill. Yeah, one guy from last year. Is there any like, is there any penalty for who you keep? Like if you if you keep one of your first round picks from last year, do you have to surrender your first round pick, or there are no rules like that? Um, no, you can you can pick whoever you want to keep, and um, he's just on your player, and the draft is just got the same it. As, so who who do you have on your roster that's worth keeping? Um, I got Ray Rice, who I'm leaning towards keeping. Um, I have a couple of the wide receivers, Julio Jones, um, Demetrius Thomas. And I picked up Colin Kaepernick late in the season, who I'm tempted to keep, but I think I wanted to wait on the quarterback like you, you guys have been saying a lot. Yeah, I mean, if there's no – see, the reason I asked that other question there, Dave, is if there was a league where, you know, you, your keeper, you would surrender that draft pick – Right. You know, maybe you'd have an argument between surrendering your first-round pick for Ray Rice versus surrendering, say, a 12th-round pick on Colin right. Kaepernick or whatever that was. Totally. Okay. But but in this case, I think you're just – it's a no-brainer. you got to you got to keep Ray Rice. Especially if okay. you think everyone else is going to keep the Doug Martins, the Adrian Petersons, the Arian Fosters, the Marshawn Lynches. So even though you have the fifth pick in the first round, you know, you can probably get Julio Jones there or maybe another running back. 
But with those guys, you know, the top tier running backs, we call them the fine nine, those guys are probably all going to be kept. You're going to want at least one of them, so it's better to keep Ray Rice. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Thinking as well. Now, if um, if there's a top running back available, like uh, well, maybe not a Doug Martin, but uh, Marshawn Lynch or Lashawn McCoy, you would take him up at spot, yep. right? Totally um, grab him. Yep. If any of those top nine guys are there for you at the number five spot, no brainer. Grab them, pair them up with Ray Rice, and you've built a an outstanding foundation for the rest of your draft. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks for the call, Dave. Todd, what do you say we move it over to Robert in California? I believe he has the first pick in his PPR league. What's going on, Rob? Rob, okay. Rob, you're there, my man. I'm here. What's going on, man? How can we help you today? Hey, good morning, you guys. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? Good. I'm in the uh, PPR league, and I have the first uh, pick. Okay. And I'm I'm torn between picking uh, Derek Martin, Jamal Charles, or Adrian Peterson. Well, I got to tell you, Derek Martin is not someone you're going to want to draft. <laughs> if you want to draft okay. Doug Martin from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we wouldn't blame you for making that move. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. <laughs> he's ha- he's just... making fun. He's making fun of you, Robert. You just mispronounced oh. uh, Doug Martin's name. You said Derek Martin. <laughs> I'm just messing with I'm you, my Derek. man. I'm sorry, <laughs> Doug Martin. Bill, who who would you advise here? Because here's the deal: in a in a non PPR, I think we all agree Adrian Peterson's the number one pick, no brainer. Don't even think about it. However, when you bring in receptions into the mix, is it if it's a full PPR, it changes the game a little bit because Adrian Peterson, for as good as he is, doesn't catch as many balls as projected as Doug Martin or Jamal Charles. So who do you go with at number one, Bill? You know, this one's tough, Todd. I don't think you can go wrong taking Adrian Peterson this year. Is he going to have another 2,000-yard season? No, he's not. Is he going to finish with 1,300 yards and double-digit touchdowns? Yeah, I think he's going to finish with those kind of stats. So if you want to be safe, if you don't want to take a risk, Adrian Peterson's the guy to take, no questions asked. You know, that is the guy this year. But if you want to take roll the dice a little bit and you think maybe Adrian Peterson finishes as the fifth best running back as opposed to the number one running back, then you take Doug Martin, or as you said, Derek Martin. <laughs> okay. All right, guys, thanks. Does that, it really depends on the kind of player you are, Rob. I like to take a little bit of risk. So I'm going to take Doug Martin over Adrian Peterson this year in a PPR league. Um, right. So you know it, de- it depends on it depends on what you like to do. I really think that Jamal Charles Jamal Charles has really an opportunity there with Andy Reid. I'm really eyeballing him too. He's our number th- two. He's our number two running back in in the PPR format. We have him leading the league in catches with 68 receptions yeah. at, at, for a running back. All right, so best of luck to you, Rob. We look forward to hearing how you do this season. Todd, we're going to take a quick break here. Coming up, we're going to reveal who made the Our Guys list for running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Plus, we're going to stick with your phone calls, 855-478-7030. Plenty more fantasy football champs coming up right after this short break. More fantasy football strategy and advice coming up next. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. 
No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. FootballNation.com is all football all the time. It's a one-stop shop for diehard football fans to get their football fix. NFL, college football, fantasy football, news, analysis, videos, articles, and podcasts. You'll find it all on FootballNation.com. It's a great place to interact with thousands of hardcore, passionate NFL, college, and fantasy football fans. Want to get in the game? The Football Nation community gives hardcore fans the power to share their opinions, views, passion, photos, gripes, stats, or analysis. FN has the biggest network of user contributors dedicated solely to covering football. Join our team today and instantly launch your own team, player, or fantasy football column or blog. Build your own personal brand and following with your Football Nation portfolio of content. If you love football, you belong on FootballNation.com. Simply sign up for free at FootballNation.com and become a citizen of Football Nation today. You know who wasn't surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at CollegeFootballGeek.com. That's who. CollegeFootballGeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold at the college level. At collegefootballgeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part? It's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league or if you simply want to get an edge on your NFL fantasy leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars, today, check out collegefootballgeek.com. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright are the fantasy football champs. All right, we're just getting started here on the fantasy football champs. We just reviewed... The preseason, all the injuries that went down, all the depth chart changes, all the position battles. Now, Todd, it's some it's time for some strategy, some opinion that we have at FFChamps.com. Every year we make an our guys list. These are players that we want on our team. We rank them higher on our cheat sheets than any other site in the industry. These are guys we want on our own teams. We're willing to jump up a few spots earlier than their average draft position because we think they're going to make that much of a difference. We want to draft them. These are our guys. You can find them, the full list. They're a part of our sleeper report on ffchamps.com. I urge everyone serious, if you're serious about winning your fantasy football league, I urge you to check it out. I think we're going to start off with the running backs because that's always a fun topic to get into. Absolutely, Bill. This is a must-read article. This is. Would you agree this is probably – the biggest article or series of articles in the preseason. It absolutely is because not only are is it our sleeper is it, it's part of our sleeper report article, but these guys I think sleeper is one of those 
most overused terms in all of fantasy football. So we have it in our sleeper report, but it's kind of guys that not necessarily are, you know, are sleepers, but they're, they're just players that we have ranked higher than anyone else in the industry. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, exactly. So sometimes, I mean, the, the the list includes a lot of different guys, all different po- parts of the sleeper spectrum, so to speak. Right. But like you just said, these are really guys that you just want on your teams, and the value is right. You might grab them a round higher than normal because you like them that much. So let's go start with the running backs, like you said, Bill. Who's the first guy on your list? Maurice Jones-Drew from the Jacksonville Jaguars, Todd. This is a player that was always a top five running back up until his injury last season, he mm-hmm. held out of training camp last year, was injured early on in the season, and was really kind of is being forgotten by a lot of fantasy managers. He's going in the middle to late second round. I've even seen I've even seen him go in the third round. If you can get MJD in the second round as your RB2, you package him with a guy like Trent Richardson or CJ Spiller, uh, that's a powerful one-two punch, man. Oh, totally agree. We talked about this last week, Bill, in last week's show. How do you, you know, where do you find the value? And sometimes you find the value in a guy coming off a bad year, you know, for an injury. We talked about Reggie Wayne uh, as our prime example uh, last year where the year before he had no quarterback. He had no Peyton Manning. He had a bunch of garbage under center. His uh, numbers suffered as a result. He got a real quarterback in there last year. Boom. Big year again for Reggie Wayne. He's a proven veteran. Same thing here with MJD. Uh, The guy was hurt last year. Now he's not. He should be just fine. Again, if you if you are concerned about him getting hurt again, that's another story. But right now, there's a lot of value grabbing MJD. Uh, like you said, his ADP bill is late second or early third round. It's crazy, Todd. And to think that he's only 27 years old, and we're going to get into the contract year players, the players that are entering the final years of their contracts a little bit later in the show. But MJD is one of those guys. He's looking for a big payday. He wanted it last year, didn't get it from the Jaguars. He's going to be extra motivated this season. Again, only 27 years old. You think running backs fall off at you know the age of 30. He's still got three more seasons before he gets to that mark. So MJD, definitely one of the our guys at the running back position. All right, let's move on to how about Reggie Bush, Mr. Bill? This is a guy who finally broke through and lived up to some expectations in Miami. Now he moves over to Detroit in a pretty good spot. You know, He's not going to be asked to be the man. They've got the man out, called Megatron out wide, and they've got a star quarterback under center. So he's just another piece to the puzzle there, and especially in PPR leagues, man, this guy could be dynamite. You know, we saw him with the Miami Dolphins the last couple seasons, and he didn't really get past 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. But he did get a lot of receptions and made some plays, some great plays, in the passing game. And I think that's where he's really going to make his bank with the Detroit Lions. Because you think about their rushing attack last year. They had Mikel LaShore and Joyke Bell. Between the two of them, I believe they had 80 or 86 receptions. And neither of those guys are as dynamic coming out of the backfield as Reggie Bush. You think about that offense with the, you mentioned Calvin Johnson out wide. Stafford is going to throw a lot of underneath passes, a lot of checkdowns to Reggie Bush this season. He's one of those players in a PPR league. He makes a jump from maybe like the 20th running back to a possible top 12 running back in the PPR format. Totally agree. He's a guy that, um, for some reason, he, he's just kind of falling a little further in drafts than he should be. So, uh, you know, make sure you uh, grab Reggie Bush. Where would you where would you like to have him? Is it a strong RB2 or an RB3? 
I think if he's your flex, I think your running backs are, are pretty much set, set. for yeah. the entire year. Here's another guy that could fit into that flex spot. How about rookie Gio Bernard from the Cincinnati Bengals? He's been, you know, kind of making his waves on hard knocks, unfortunately, for those of us that wanted him to be kind of under the radar. He's no longer under the radar, Bill, and he's showing flashes of brilliance here in the preseason. He certainly is. And, Todd, this was your favorite running back out of this year's rookie class. And it's a little bit of a shame that he's on hard knocks and he's not really flying under the radar like we kind of hoped. But you know what? It doesn't matter because we're willing to um, draft him a little bit before his average draft position. I think he's going to be a big part of that Bengals offense this year, and I'm excited to get him on one of my teams or a couple of my teams. And he's just a guy, enough. Bill, where if you're a little bit of a risk taker, I mean, he's got more upside than any of these guys because we don't yeah. know anything about him. You just don't know. I mean, is he going to be that rookie guy? Could he possibly be a Doug Martin type? I mean, you just don't really know. Now, granted, granted, he's got the law firm there who's technically the starter, and uh, but over time, or if or if the law firm gets injured, man, the upside with Bernard is huge. I, I see Bernard taking over that starting job by the end of the year, maybe even to start this, you know, first month of the season. So, so where are you targeting Bernard in your drafts, Bill? I think if you're trying to get him as your running back three, so let's say you draft. Running back, wide receiver, running back in the first three rounds, I'm trying to get him in, my, in in that fourth round to really solidify my running back core. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Here's another guy that we like, Bill. How about that Shane Vereen, another guy that would look excellent in a flex spot? Shane Vereen is a player that, like Reggie Bush, if you're in a PPR format, he goes from maybe a, a top 30 running back to a top 20 running back mm-hmm. because he's going to line up all over the field for the New England Patriots this year. Danny Woodhead, we've said it before on this show, Danny Woodhead was a top 25 running back in the PPR format. Vereen is more talented, and they'll use him more in the running game. I really want Shane Vereen this year on my team. But the problem is, Todd, he's blowing it up in the preseason. He's doing it in the running <laughs> game. He's doing it in the passing game. He had a touchdown against the Eagles. He had a few receptions against the Buccaneers in their second preseason matchup. Shane Vereen is a guy that's not flying under the radar, much like Giovanni Bernard, but it doesn't matter. I'm still willing to maybe just stretch out my arms and and risk pulling a muscle when I reach for Shane Vereen this year. Doesn't it suck when uh, when we're right? It's the worst. (laughs) When we're right on a guy? Yeah. Uh, before the preseason games begin, we're high on a couple guys, especially like Gio, like Vereen, and then they blow it up in the preseason. Don't you wish they just wouldn't? If somebody would have just tackled them, you know, at the, at the line of scrimmage instead of breaking a big one. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Because everyone's watching that. Every all those plays make Sports Center, and every knucklehead fantasy manager out there sees it, and that's really a shame. <laughs> Yeah, that's what kind of drives me a little bit crazy about the preseason. I wish I could just draft these guys without anyone watching any preseason action. Now, the last name on the running backs, our guys list, I'm a little surprised he makes the list, Bill, because he's been around for a while and he's produced. How about Darren Sproles from the Saints? Why does he make this list? I mean, is there still value in grabbing him? Because in the leagues I'm in, Bill, there's no surprise with Sproles. He's being snapped up. You know, he makes the list purely for the fact that he is my – what a 
my modern day all time favorite fantasy football players. I draft him every single year. He never disappoints. Even last year when he was hurt a couple games and they didn't have Sean Payton, he was still a top fifteen running back in the PPR format. So Darren Sproles is a guy that he's gonna make this list every year, Todd. It doesn't matter if everyone knows who he is, because Sproles is a player just like MJD. You can expect consistency, you can expect production, and even if you draft him as your running back too, he doesn't disappoint. All right, sound sound reasoning there. Sound reasoning. He's just uh, you have a man crush on Darren Sproles. Let's just big time that. man crush. You can draft him in the fourth round of your leagues. Maybe load up on wide receiver in the second or third round, depending on where you're drafting, and feel confident knowing that Sproles is to, is your running back too. That's how much I like this guy. Sean Payton's back. Drew Brees is going to have another career year. I'm, I'm pumped up for Darren Sproles' season uh, in 2013. Well, so no no concern. I mean, there's a lot of people uh, pumping up Mark Ingram. No doesn't scare there. me. Pierre Thomas doesn't scare me. Sproles is the guy when it comes to their passing attack. Yes, he is. And, man, Drew Brees is looking just as good as ever and, uh, in the preseason. He's just going to spray that ball all over the place. And uh, Darren Sproles is going to be on the receiving end of a ton of those passes, no doubt about it. Yeah. What do you say we move on to wide receivers, Todd? Now, I think there's maybe six wide receivers this year. Uh, Calvin Johnson, A.J. Green, Des Bryant, Brandon Marshall, Julio Jones, Demarius Thomas. Those six wide receivers, I think, are going to go in the second rounds of drafts this year. But there's a player from the Green Bay Packers, Randall Cobb, that both of us really like, especially in the PPR format. He's a guy you get in the third round, and he puts up those same kind of stats as those top six guys. No Greg Jennings this year. Jordy Nelson's hurt, and he still has Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. It seems like a no-brainer that Randall Cobb is going to make the top 10 for wide receivers at the, uh, in 2013. I, I totally agree, and I grabbed him um, in one of my leagues already. However, about the injury concerns, I mean, are they just keeping him out for precautionary reasons because he hasn't done much this preseason at all? Yeah, he's got a bicep injury, and I think it is precautionary because – you know, they don't have that many receivers anymore. Donald Driver is long gone. Greg Jennings is on the Minnesota Vikings. And Jordy Nelson's knee injury seems to be pretty serious. So other than James Jones, Randall Cobb is the guy for Aaron Rodgers. They need to keep him healthy. You know, don't worry about the preseason. We're, we're happy that he's not playing in the preseason. Yeah, that's a good point. And, um... I think he's going to just—he's—he is a guy that's going to catch a hundred balls this year. I mean, there's yeah. just no doubt about it in that in that offense. Uh, he's a—he's a perfect fit for that offense. I was excited when they drafted him out of Kentucky, and now he seems to be the guy there with Greg Jennings gone. So uh, I'm totally down with that one. How about another big name who, unfortunately for anybody that had any doubts about him, he had a big big game in the preseason uh, last week. Danny Amendola, Bill. This guy is—is is, you know he—he he, the Patriots brought him in to replace Wes Welker, and that's exactly what he's going to do. Uh, we saw players similar to Danny Amendola in the past try to you know, replicate what, what Wes Welker can do, Julian Edelman to, to, be, uh, to name one of them, but it just didn't happen. And Amendola, if he stays healthy, there's no reason to expect anything less than 100 yards, maybe 13, 1,200 yards, or excuse me, 100 receptions, 1,200, 1,300 yards, and possibly double-digit touchdowns. He's faster and stronger, a little bit bigger than Wes Welker is, so I expect some more big plays out of Amendola this year. Totally agree. I think this is a guy that's going to be shooting up draft boards uh, the, the longer this thing goes, Bill. You know, yeah. I think there were some people a little worried about the injury thing. 
Um, I just think his ADP is going to go go up big time each and every day that passes between now and draft day. So I think Cobb and Amendola are wide receiver ones that we're that ha- that we have on the our guys list. Those are guys that if we go running back, running back in the first or in second round, those are are quality wide receivers that we'd have no problem taking as our wide receiver one. The next two guys, Todd T.Y. Hilton from the Indianapolis Colts and Torrey Smith from the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're more in that wide receiver two type category. What do you think? Two or three. Depends on how many guys are in your league and right. your scoring system. I was able to grab T.Y. Hilton as a wide receiver four in one league. Oh, wow. That's great value. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel comfortable with them as a one and probably not a two. Well, maybe, you know, but these are two guys with upside, Bill. I mean, someone's got to catch the balls from Joe Flacco. Torrey yeah. Smith, you know, had a big play in the preseason. And with no Dennis Pitt and no Anquan Bolden, who's going to catch the balls? He could finally kind of erupt and break out um, like many expected him to do when he was a high draft pick out of Maryland. T.Y. Hilton, we discussed him earlier in the show. I just think this guy's a phenomenal talent. I don't know that he's going to catch a million balls, but he's going to make the most out of each and every touch. So both of these guys, I mean, again, the reason we have them on our list is we want them on our teams. Right. If you're in a 12-team league, I, I think these guys, you can feel pretty good knowing that you have them on your roster. They're going to make some big plays, and, and they're going to bring some stability to your offense, each, uh, to your fantasy team each week. And I think everyone we've mentioned has upside. I don't yeah. think any of these four guys so far we've talked about, or the fifth guy we're about to talk about, the wide receiver position, I don't think any of them have achieved the peak of their careers yet, which is why it's kind of an exciting thing. And let's talk about that fifth guy. How about Chris Givens from the Rams, Bill? Um, lighting it up, lighting it up this preseason. <laughs> he certainly is, Todd. And I know there's a lot of uh, publicity, a lot, a lot of hype surrounding their rookie pick, Tavon Austin. But I think Chris Givens is going to be their leading receiver this year. Sam Bradford and Givens seem to have a lot of chemistry. Uh, Givens was on the squad last year, so he knows the offense. And the, Jeff Fisher admitted that they really used him last year as more of a, a deep threat speedster kind of guy. But that's going to change as Chris Givens enters his second year in the NFL. We saw what he's done in the preseason, and he's certainly lighting it up. I think that carries over into the regular season. He's a player that you draft late, eighth, ninth round, and you get some great value out of him. He's on the our guys list because you can take him as your wide receiver four in a 10-team league, a wide receiver three as you're in a 12-team league, and you can get big value out of him. Totally agree. Right now is ADP somewhere in that ninth or tenth round, Bill. So yeah. there's definitely value to be had there. And um, the leagues I've, I've participated in the draft so far, it's been exactly that. He's been sitting out there as a potential a wide receiver three or four. And uh, people just kind of pass on him because he's on the Rams. Yeah. You know? um, and uh, I don't know, man. The Rams are one of those teams. They could they, they could be – they're taking to, a step in the right direction. I think so. I don't think they're going to throw for 5,000 yards or anytime soon. No. But this is a guy that just seems to be able to collect a lot of passes, gets a lot of targets. Yep. And if he can just bump up those red zone targets, then he'll be in great shape. All right. Speaking of the St. Louis Rams, let's move over to the tight end position where we have Sam Bradford's shiny new tight end, Jared Cook, widely under – I think the, the majority of real – Fantasy football players know that Jared Cook just was not taken advantage of with the Tennessee Titans for whatever reason. They just didn't use him properly. I think that's going to change now that he's with Sam Bradford and the Rams. I think so, too. Um, 
this is another guy that I've been targeting in all my leagues too. I, if you don't get, you know, if you decide not to grab a tight end early in your draft, if you decide against a Jimmy Graham or don't want to roll the dice on Gronk or Gonzo, this is a guy that you can get in that eighth, ninth, tenth round, Bill. And yeah, and he can put up top five tight end numbers. And again, the tight end position is so slim this year that it pays to take a, a flyer on a Jared Cook. Yeah, I agree. I this, I just don't see the downside in, in taking him where his value is right now. I think he's just a a solid value play. Now, the next two players that we're going to discuss were pretty much some really under-the-radar sleepers, but they woke up or, you know, they they, uh, they put up some really good numbers in the second week of preseason. I'm talking about Jordan Cameron from the Cleveland Browns, who had two touchdowns, and Zach Sudfield from the New England Patriots, who's been playing with the first-team offense with Rob Gronkowski injured. Both of these guys, Todd, not a lot of fantasy players know who they are, but by the year, by by the end of the year, uh, you know, people are going to be scratching their heads, asking themselves, "How did that guy fall so late?" Well, Jordan Cameron, especially. I mean, last year, twenty receptions, two hundred and twenty-six yards, and a touchdown. I mean, yeah, it didn't like, do a whole lot. That's like two weeks for Jimmy Graham. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, he's just been on fire. Uh, this preseason, he's not—he's not under the radar anymore. No, and um, he will get drafted in your leagues as a late-round pick. Um, he's one of those former college basketball players, just like Antonio Gates, and we know what North Turner, now the Browns' offensive coordinator, did with Gates in San Diego. We know what Jimmy Graham has done uh, the past couple of seasons. These converted college basketball players, Todd, they're tall, they're athletic, they can move around the field, and they have really soft hands. I think Jordan Cameron is going to be that next player that we talk about when it comes to big, athletic, converted tight ends. Now, can we – we might have a little bit of disagreement on Zach Sudfeld here. Okay, okay, what do you got? I think it's completely hinged upon Gronk. If Gronk comes back, and it does not look like Gronk is coming back in week one, right? It's actually potentially he could be on the, put on the pup list, potentially. Potentially right. we won't know until August 31st. Right. They have 11 days to make their decision. I don't, I don't think Sudfeld's going to be there for you all year. I think if you're drafting Sudfeld, Bill, you're drafting him for what he's going to do when Gronk is not in the game. So if you think Gronk's going to be out for six weeks – you know, take Sudfeld accordingly. But I think once Grock gets back into the offense, I don't think he's going to put up Aaron Hernandez-type numbers. I don't know if he does what Aaron Hernandez did. I think they're kind of a uh, different kind of style of play. But I still think the tight end, uh, the Patriots are going to use two tight end sets. There's no reason to believe that they would just stop using Sudfield just because Gronk's healthy again. I mean, they used two tight end sets for the last two seasons. I think that's a big part of their offense. And Shane Vereen might become that mismatch player on the outside to line up as a line uh, to line up against linebackers, whereas Sudfield just maybe lines up as a, a traditional tight end position. Mm. I don't know. I I like what I've seen. I like the guy in college, by the way, Bill. He had a yeah. great year for Nevada last year on, a, on an offense that ran the ball almost all the time. He was a red zone threat. He can catch the ball in the end zone. He's got a knack, and you saw it with the touchdown pass last week. The guy knows how to he knows how to create space, come down with the ball, good hands. I agree with everything. I just don't want people to think he's going to produce like a top five tight end. Well, we have him as our number ten tight end on on champs right now. Okay. So top five, top five tight end, no. If the news uh, is good on Gronk, I'm, yes. I'm just warning people out there. 
see the expectation. This is, I guess this is where I'm coming from. Okay. Yeah. Let me hear Some it. of the emails I've seen coming through FF Champs, Bill, they're going so crazy for Sudfeld, like ridiculous, mm-hmm. like the next Jimmy Graham. And I'm, I'm just like, I don't know, guys. You know, just be careful with your expectations with him. If Gronk comes back week two or week three, mm-hmm. I think that. Sudfeld will become a top 15 type tight end. You know, I just don't see him being the next Aaron Hernandez. He's not that talented. Trust me from, uh, from what I've seen of him in college, I like him, but I don't think he's that good. And, uh, but if Gronk is on the pup list for six, that means he's out for six weeks. That changes things a little bit with, with Sudfeld. Just, just be careful with him. All right. We'll certainly monitor Gronk situation going forward. Uh, because like you said, it, it'll impact Sudfield, but, if if Gronk's out for the first six weeks, you think Sudfield then puts up top five numbers? Not for the season. No, no, no. For the first six weeks of the year. Uh, I think he would be, yes. Close to yeah, it. Five, six, five or six, yeah. See, that's what we like about him, Todd. He plays on one of the best offenses in the league. This is a team that had the most points with the New England Patriots. They scored the most points in the NFL last year. We want players like that on our squad. So even if it's for only six weeks... And then Gronk comes back for four or five weeks and he's healthy. There's no saying that Gronk's not going to get re-injured by the time the fantasy football playoffs roll around. Maybe you don't take him as your tight end number one, but he can certainly appear that, or you can certainly play that way uh, with Rob Gronkowski um, injured for the first half of the season. Yes, I, I'm just saying it's tied to Gronk. You know, that's, that's all I'm saying here. And and by the way, from a pedigree standpoint. He isn't Gronk. He's not a super freak like Gronk was coming out of college. He's not a ridiculously versatile player like Aaron Hernandez was at University of Florida. These guys were unbelievable athletes from the time they were in about eighth grade. Okay, yep. Sudfeld's flying under the radar type guy. Um, just you know, just keep your expectations in check. But but if you can get him in the where would you take him in your drafts then, Bill? I mean, if your draft is tonight, double round, double digit about? round, maybe yeah, tenth okay. round, eleventh round. That's fine. Yeah. But what I'm saying is. I have a feeling people are going to reach a little too early for him just based upon what he's done here in the preseason, and just be careful doing that. It could pay out, though, big time if Gronk does go on that pup list. That's a big key, and we won't know that. Yeah. That's why if you have your draft, your draft as late tonight, as possible, yeah, right. you'll know that, and that changes that changes the whole conversation. If that totally. happens, we're going to be talking about Sudfeld again in the next week or two, but until then, just be careful. Just be aware of the ramifications. All right, we're going to take a quick break here but plenty more fantasy football strategy coming up including our dynasty league versus redraft league debate we'll have a special guest danny fresh on the line after this quick commercial break don't go anywhere you're listening to the fantasy football champs on the football nation radio network ffchamps.com extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance Win your fantasy league and your trophy too. It's FF Champs, FF Champs for you. News advice, rankings, and expert advice too. FF Champs is for you. FFChamps.com, ensuring you win from draft to playoffs. FFChamps.com, extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance. FootballNation.com is all football all the time. It's a one-stop shop for diehard football fans to get their football fix. NFL, college football, fantasy football, news, analysis, videos, articles, and podcasts. You'll find it all on FootballNation.com. 
It's a great place to interact with thousands of hardcore, passionate NFL, college, and fantasy football fans. Want to get in the game? The Football Nation community gives hardcore fans the power to share their opinions, views, passions, photos, gripes, stats, or analysis. FN has the biggest network of user contributors dedicated solely to covering football. Join our team today and instantly launch your own team, player, or fantasy football column or blog. Build your own personal brand and following with your Football Nation portfolio of content. If you love football, you belong on FootballNation.com. Simply sign up for free at FootballNation.com and become a citizen of Football Nation today. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. The champ is here. It's fantasy football time. With the fantasy football champs. Fitzgerald leaps and he's got it. It's a touchdown for Larry Fitzgerald. Dominate your league with the guys from FFChamps.com. Green throwing back of the end zone. Leaping grab. Touchdown. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright are the fantasy football champs. Welcome back. Bill Enright and Todd DeVries hanging out with you for another hour here on the Football Nation Radio Network. We're getting you ready for your fantasy drafts. But before we start running down the differences in some redraft and dynasty leagues, we want to take some time to talk about the excitement, all the all the action going on at DraftKings.com. And, Todd, they just released their Week 1 kickoff bash. They got three great contests going on, a million, over a million over a million dollars in cash prizes, all up for get grabs. We're not talking about, you know, some tokens. We're talking about some real cash going on here. Oh, seriously. When we first got the promotion for this and it yeah. said a million dollars, you know, usually that's like an end-of-the-year sweepstakes type thing. <laughs> this is week one. <laughs> I'm like, what? What was the first question you and I asked each other? What was it? Remember, it was, do we qualify for this? Yeah, right. We wanted to know if we can play. <laughs> oh, sure. man. I hope we can. You know, man, I'm, I'm an older guy than you, Bill, but when I first started playing in 1990, for God's sakes, if you would have told me like some of the games you could possibly play in fantasy sports right now, I would have just yeah, been Yeah, it's like, crazy. It's just awesome. It's awesome stuff. I, can't, I mean, I can't wait. I, I just can't wait. It's August 20th, and the season just can't get here fast enough. So they have three contests for their week one kickoff bash. They have the $30,000 play action. It's only $2 to get in on the play action. $30,000 in prizes, only $2 entry. Uh, They have the $100,000 Hail Mary contest. That's only $11 to buy in, and you're competing for $100,000 in cash prizes. And then they got the big boy, the million-dollar contest. Now, listen, it takes some big bucks to get in on it, but... You're paying for a million dollars. I think the entry fee 
is two hundred dollars, and it's called the Kickoff Million Contest. A hundred uh, hundred fifty thousand dollars to the top prize. So you're risking two hundred, and you're gonna win a hundred and fifty grand if you finish in first. Ugh. That's hope, a life changer. Hope, that's a life changer. Life changer in week one. <laughs> and that's right? just week one. <laughs> yeah. So that is our daily fantasy. Our daily fantasy, weekly fantasy partner. Go to DraftKings.com. I'm gonna. I might have to create some fake usernames and, and <laughs> use my girlfriend's credit card to get in on the on the uh, hundred hundred thousand dollar hail mary contest for eleven bucks. That's the one I'm gonna take my chances on. I love it. I love it. I can't all wait right, to break you... it down too, man. We'll, we'll be breaking it all down the next week or two. Oh, absolutely, Todd. We're gonna have budget strategy. Tell you guys who to pick. We're gonna try to help you guys out. We want to help. We want to help you guys win some cash too. We're not that greedy where we just want it all for ourselves. That's right. We're greedy, right. but not that greedy. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we want to win, but we want to help you guys win too. Uh, right. Todd, it's a widely um, there's really two big formats in fantasy football. You have your traditional redraft league. And you have your dynasty, your keeper league. With the redraft league, you're picking new players every year. You have a different draft spot. Maybe there's the same guys in your league, but your team changes year in and year out. Whereas your dynasty league, you kind of are building a franchise. You're building a following with these NFL players where if you draft a guy as your rookie, during his rookie year, you still have him 10 years down the line. Uh, you know, a player like Adrian Peterson or someone like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. You know, you have those guys for your career. It's a lot of fun. Both of them offer different levels of excitement. Which one do you prefer? I like I like blending my leagues. I like having a little bit of everything. I like playing in redrafts. I like having keeper leagues where you're, you have some crazy keeper rules where you can only keep a few players. And then I yeah. like having redra- or dynasty league. Well, I'm, only, I'm only in one of them. But I like dynasty leagues where... You, you're building you, – you you find a rookie and you hit on it and you've got him for your, his career. I mean, that's there's something really cool about that. Danny Fresh is a writer from FootballNation.com. You can check out his article, Eight Reasons Why Dynasty Football is Better Than Redraft. And we are pleased to be joined by Danny Fresh, our guy from FootballNation.com, right now here on Fantasy Football Champs. What's going on, Fresh? How you been, my man? I've been real well, real well. Good to talk to you guys again. Football's almost here. Yeah, you took a little break. You had twins last year. Congratulations. Did, yeah. How did that work out with uh, managing your fantasy teams? Actually, yeah, my fantasy teams did pretty well. I, I, uh, I hit, uh, actually, I had one dynasty league and one redraft. Ended up in uh, finals in both of them. Unfortunately, didn't bring home the championship, but got, the, got almost there. So, feel pretty good about it. It's but funny uh, I took when, a little break uh, from the writing last year while the kids were growing. <laughs> right, right. It's funny how we always kind of. As my league has grown has grown over the years, we always keep tabs of how guys do when they have their first child. <laughs> Bill, like the first year they have their child, especially if the kids are born like in season. Right. It's funny. I think they're like you, – you would think that they would just go in the tank, but it's the other way around. There's like some more time. There's like some weird karma going on because most guys, have had, like, the especially their first child, they usually do really well in their fantasy leagues. That's funny. <laughs> so, Bill, you know, whenever you uh, decide to have kids, you know – just keep that in mind. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna tell my girlfriend that we're gonna have a kid just so I can do better in my fantasy league. Yes, it'll, it'll go over real well. <laughs> so, Danny, tell us about your article. Eight reasons why dynasty leagues are better than redraft leagues. How long have you been playing in your dynasty league? Uh, this is well. Uh, we're now entering our eleventh season. The same okay. guys. 
Uh, actually, I shouldn't say the same guys. We've added teams. We've expanded a couple times over the years. Um, but, uh, but that's actually one of the main reasons I like Dynasty, is that this league is held together through over a decade now. And as guys, you know, we started out as young guys. Now a lot of us are parents. Further into our career, people live further away. We all lived in the same state when it started. We're all over the country now, and yet we still keep in contact via the league. And when you say a dynasty league, tell us about the format. How did you start it off? How, how did you kind of incorporate the dynasty format into your into your league? Well, you know, we, we had a little bit of an evolution. Um, the first season, I think we were a redraft. And then I think we were a three-player three player keeper league. And then the third year, we decided we were going to expand. And so we added two true expansion teams, and it sort of was this um, natural fit switched to a dynasty format then. So what we did is we had half the league, uh, sorry, the, the, all the leagues, all the teams that were previously in the league could keep half their roster, okay. and the rest were released to a pool that was then picked from by the two new expansion teams. And then from right. that point forward, we were full dynasty. Ah. So how many guys are in this league? Twelve. We're a 12 team league. Twelve. Twelve's the magic number, Bill. Yeah, yeah it so. is. And I, and, I, and I like the way you did that. I did something similar, and I think, Todd, you'll agree. It's good to start off as a redraft, add a few keepers, and then transition over the years to a dynasty league because you don't want to just jump into a dynasty team your first year and all of a sudden have 20 guys on your roster. I think it takes some time. Start off as a keeper league, and by that we mean keep two players or four players in season one. Then maybe you go to eight players, and then you have – your big 30-round draft in the third or fourth year, and then after that you have your rookie-only draft. Is that something what you guys do, just a rookie-only or a free agent draft? Yeah, we well, we do. You know, at one point before I tell you what we do with the draft that, that you just mentioned, I would definitely uh, I totally agree. I would not start off your first league as a dynasty league. Right. Um, I think that, A, there's a learning curve to it, um, and I mentioned that in the article, that, that this is you've, you've done redraft, you've done keepers, you've got those, that you've sort of mastered that skill set. I think Dynasty is, a, is another level of, of engagement. But, uh, yeah, our, our biggest, our primary draft is just rookies, and then we have a free agent draft to fill up whatever the remaining slots on our rosters are, which is usually, you know, two, three, four guys max. So, so Danny, I read your article here. Mm-hmm. But for those in the listening audience that haven't checked it out yet, you, you mentioned the eight reasons. Why don't you go through a couple of these reasons, some of the top reasons that make Dynasty better than Redraft? Well, I think the, the biggest one is it, it brings you closer to the game. Right? I think mm-hmm. one of the things I talk about is the, the most obvious reason we get involved in fantasy football is we love the game of football. And when you own a, a Dynasty team in your league, you start making decisions that more mirror what an actual GM or owner needs to make. Are you a team on the rise? Are you a team in decline? Are you really close uh, to going over the top? And based on that answer, you make roster decisions, right? You reload, you trade aging veterans if, you're, if it's time to rebuild with, for rookie picks or young developing players. If you're super close, you think, I just need that one more move, you can package a bunch of those assets and make a go for it. And that's a really critical skill and uh, really increases your engagement level. Um, and I think the other thing that connects to that is it becomes a year-round uh, sport, much like the NFL now is, right? Yeah. With the training camps, the OTAs, the draft. Um, you need to follow all that in Dynasty because where a free agent goes, major injuries, a young rookie in a position where you already have a star, 
and, and Danny, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know in my league, it's it, another big factor in having a dynasty league that I love is that everyone's so like all in on the yeah. league that they don't quit because right. it's not just a year to year thing. You know, right. you've, you're building, usually you're either really good or you're building something to be something good. There's always yeah. hope and you know, people stick, stick through the league, right? Absolutely. And that drives me nuts in redraft. It is, it is, you get a league, it's a bunch of competitive guys, everybody's into it. And, uh, you know, a couple teams towards the end realize they have no shot. In redraft, right. there's nothing for them to do. They start to check out, they fail to set a lineup, they make trades that make no sense and mess up the whole league. In Dynasty, that never happens. Because if you're in that position, you work on rebuilding for the next season. And there's some great finds to be had. You know, I, I picked up Chris Ivory at the end of last season, stashed him on my bench. You know, he went from a, a minimal value if at best on the Saints to a running back two, three with some upside. You know, the right. strength can stay healthy. <laughs> All right, let's get into some dynasty strategy here. You mentioned that you have a rookie-only draft. Todd, you're a big college football guy. You run collegefootballgeek.com. A great way to prepare for your NFL Dynasty League is by playing college fantasy football. Quick plug for college football geek there. Thank you. Who do you guys think should be the number one pick in a rookie-only draft? Only drafting rookies. Who are the number one? Who's the number one pick? Todd, I'll start with you. Well, it depends on your scoring system. Uh, Danny, are we talking PPR here? What are, what are, what are the are points in your PPR. scoring? We're standard scoring, not a PPR. Standard scoring. Bill, Dynasty League, okay? Standard scoring. I don't like the quarterback class. That's well documented, right? Yep. This is not a year where you have any, you know luck and RG3. And totally. So cross off the quarterbacks. Wide receivers, mm, there isn't that gigantic no-brainer guy. There's a lot of promising wide receivers. I'm going running back. And I'm going to talk about him till the cows come home. Giovanni Bernard's my dynasty league keeper. Number one pick. That's who I would go for. Uh, especially, it'd be better, Danny, if you had a PPR league. But I just think that two, three years down the line, Bernard's going to be the elite running back in this class. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one of the questions, again, is um, likely if you're picking one, you didn't have a successful season last year. And I think right. Bernard makes a lot of sense because I think he's a great long-term protection. Um, if for some reason you picked up that early pick and it was in a trade or something like that and you're closer, I think looking at Lacey on the Packers for more uh, instant return is an yep. interesting one, for sure. Mm. Um, I think that's where I'd lean. I, I just think that if you start hearing the things coming out of Green Bay that's right now, a, they are That brings up it. a great point, Danny. I mean, that's kind of what Bill was asking strategy-wise because when, when you go into a redraft league or even a keeper league, when you want instant gratification, I probably would agree with you that Eddie Lacy might have more upside this year. Uh, I just, you know, so that's kind of the big question, right? In a dynasty league, can you find that blend of a guy that's going to give you some production this year and in the future? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you're constantly assessing that. You know, I thought right. something that was really interesting. I was listening to you guys earlier, and there was a caller who was doing his first keeper league. So congrats on stepping up to Super League caller. Um, and we talked about, you were talking about he had Ray Rice um, and Marius Thomas and uh, Julio Jones. And in a Keeper League, I think it's probably a no-brainer that you're going with Ray Rice there. Right. But um, in my Dynasty League, I've got Des Bryant, A.J. Green, and Ray Rice, and it would be a lot easier for me to move Ray Rice 
in a dynasty format to sure. justify moving him, I should say. Because a career of Des Bryant and A.J. Green is pretty hard to replace. Whereas sure. I'm probably going to get two to three more elite Ray Rice years. So you start thinking in those kind of terms as well. Yeah, you think of the arc of the you know the career spectrum for these players. Right, which, and which Ray again, Rice is still... Level, and it's also just more fun, it's more engaging. You start seeing things in a bigger picture. And in your league, I talk about this in the article a little bit, you get a sense of continuity from year to year. The rivalries carry over from year to year because it's similar players. Um, you know, the, the, the crazy stories get better and better as the years go on between your friends. So it's really, it, at the end, and I sort of, I don't want to sort of give away the ending, but, but there's a conclusion I come to, and it's, and it's that it's more enjoyable. I love Thanks. the uh, the trunk candidate reference, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's actually <laughs> my league commissioner. Our, uh, I think it was our first keeper year. Like the first year we were stepping up the keeper, took trunk candidate in the first round, and we all went like nuts about it. <laughs> because he was so excited for the super sleeper that Trunk Candidate was, you know? Yep. Um, and, the, and unfortunately, the Tyrone Calico is me. I hung on to Tyrone Calico. I was sure. Every year, this was the year for Tyrone Calico. You know, never Clay came, came through. But that's the thing, Danny. As you've mentioned, it, it brings you closer to the actual game, even as a fan. You know, as a fan of yeah. a certain team, you, you know, you draft that promising rookie. Your team does. Forget fantasy for a second. And maybe he doesn't pan out that rookie year, but you're like, well, next year will be his breakout year. Right. And then maybe he doesn't quite break out, but maybe there was a you know a quarterback and then didn't give him the ball enough, and you're like, well, maybe this will be the year, you know. Right. And these are the types of decisions that you make in dynasty because you're you're so you're so um, for better or, or for worse hamstrung to the players that you select on that, and especially in that rookie draft, you know. Yeah. They're your guys, man. You, you're yeah, all sure. in. Oh, and there's a flip. I'll give you a – this is just a completely embarrassing trade story. Into last season, I felt I was really close, and I, I was. I made the championship round and everything like that. But I, I wanted one more, like, real shot at it, and I wanted to add another elite back. And I had accumulated from trades the previous years. I had four rookie picks, three coming in this year and then the four pick last year. And the guy who had DMAC was – in complete rebuild. It was like all he had. And if you remember going into last season, DMAC had crept himself solidly into second. He was going in first round in some redraft. So I traded him all four rookie picks for DMAC. The Damn fourth pick became Doug Martin. So I traded DMAC for Doug Martin, and the owner still has three rookie picks to use this year. Oh, that's rough. Mm. <laughs> I mean, in Dynasty, that, that can be a devastating move, but. You know, you gamble, you go in, and I, I, I miscalculated, but it's fun to swing. You know, it's a, it's always fun when you think you are gonna get a guy that's gonna pan out, and then he does. But it it really sucks when you get a guy that <laughs> does not it meet does. your expectations. You, you, you take him as they come. I mean, that could burn you for a couple seasons now. Yep, absolutely. And, I, and now I'm I'm in a mode of like, okay, what can I do with that piece? And you can imagine Dmax is a pretty hard sell right now. Yeah. You might have to uh, wait until the end of the season to get rid of him. Yeah. Danny Fresh joining us on the Fantasy Football Champs. Check out his article, Eight Reasons Why Dynasty Leagues Are Better Than Redraft Leagues. Dan, we appreciate you coming on with us, and we look forward to discussing Dynasty strategy with you throughout the year. Great. Look forward to it, guys. Take care. Take care. Thanks, Danny. Hey, uh, Bill, you know, Dynasty. Yeah. I love Dynasty because, for me, I, I feel like I have a big advantage on that rookie draft. With the college. I love it. 
Listen, I won my league last year, Todd. I got to give you a lot of credit. My dynasty league, I drafted guys like T.Y. Hilton in the third round of my rookie draft. I took uh, Alfred Morris in the last round of my rookie draft. Guys that no one else really knew in my league. And listen, this is a very competitive league. But they're just guys that they weren't, since they weren't first or second round picks in the NFL draft, I think people undervalue them during their dynasty league drafts. Does that make sure. sense? Totally. Yeah. Totally so, does. And, and, uh, and what I, you know, it's hard because most of the leagues that we consult upon are redraft leagues, right? Mm-hmm. But long term, see, I love the long term aspect of football, of a prospect, sure. you know, and it's hard for it. It really takes all the stars to align for a running back, let's just say, a running back to come into the right situation, you know, in the right system and to produce as a rookie. It, it's really, it's hard to do. But, you can identify guys that are, you know, two years away, like a Gio Bernard. I'm telling you, man. And again, it's it doesn't sound like I'm I'm saying anything new now that everyone knows who he is. The cat's out of the bag. But that's the kind of guy with the skill set that he has in a pretty good offensive fit for him. Yep. You know, an uh, offense on the rise. He's a guy that a couple years from now, man, he could be and easily be a Ray Rice type kind of guy. We have our dynasty rankings up at ffchamps.com. It break, you might look at it and say, well, this is a little weird. Why do you have Matt Ryan ranked above Peyton Manning? Well, the reason is because Peyton Manning only has two years left, and Matt Ryan probably has ten. Yeah. So when you look at the rankings, and again, ffchamps.com, we have our dynasty rankings up ready for you to use. Don't expect to see Tom Brady and Peyton Manning one and two at the quarterback spot. Don't expect to see Arian Foster or Adrian Peterson. Well, Peterson's our number two guy, but, you know, Trent Richardson's our number three running back. C.J. Spiller's our number five guy. Steven Ridley, Alfred Morris, seven and eight. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, our number 12 running back in our dynasty league compared to redraft league where he's 18. Right. So it's a totally different ball game when you're talking about a dynasty league. It's even more of a different game when you're talking about rookies only. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it, man. It's good. And But like you said, you know, like Danny said, you can't just dive into a dynasty league. You kind of got to – it kind of has to evolve, you know. Build you up over find time. Owners. Yeah, sure. I mean, you got to make sure, you know, that you're cool with the owners. You've been in the league for a while. Hopefully they're good buddies of yours. They're not going to bag on you, you know. And uh, if you're looking for, like, an additional challenge, you're kind of, you know, tired of the redraft thing, go with Dynasty, man. Maybe start off with a keeper and then go from there to a Dynasty. It's a lot of fun. We want to help you guys win your fantasy leagues. We want to help you dominate your fantasy drafts. Give us a call, 855-478-7030. You can hit us up on Twitter. Even if you're listening to the show on demand, we're constantly answering tweets at FFChamps is our twitter handle and you can email us radio at footballnation.com we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to go over the contract year players todd guys that are maybe extra motivated looking for a big payday plus we'll get to more of your emails more of your phone calls that's all coming up next you're listening to the fantasy football champs on the football nation radio network more fantasy football strategy and advice coming up next ColdHardFootballFacts.com Insider will change the way you look at the game of pro football with our groundbreaking quality stats. These are stats that have direct correlation to winning football games. The proof is in our performance at Cold Hard Football Facts Insider. We analyze every team and pick every game every week straight up and against the spread. Cold Hard Football Facts Insiders have gone 500 or better against the spread 
in an incredible 72% of weeks since the start of the 2009 season. Visit coldhardfootballfacts.com, click CHFF Insider, and uncover the statistical secrets that separate winners from losers in NFL games. The proof is in our performance. Become a Cold Hard Football Facts Insider today at coldhardfootballfacts.com. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. You know who wasn't surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at collegefootballgeek.com. That's who. Collegefootballgeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold at the college level. At collegefootballgeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part, it's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league, or if you simply want to get an edge on your NFL fantasy leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars today, check out collegefootballgeek.com. Player rankings, injury updates, and waiver wire advice. The Fantasy Football Champs cover it all. Uh, Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Champs. We are talking, we're in the last half hour of our Tuesday show, the Fantasy Football Draft Special. I think we did a lot today, Todd. We went over some sleepers, some hour guys. We talked about the preseason week two. Talking about some injuries, we have an updated uh, news story on one of those injuries. Victor Cruz from the New York Giants uh, tweeted out a picture of him wearing a walking boot, also on crutches. What do you think about this situation, Todd? He has a bruised heel, and I bruised my heel playing basketball, and I was fine the next day. Um, To me, it's not a serious injury. I really think this is just precautionary. Yeah, of course, but here's the deal. This is something that we need to tell the audience about. Most of you guys already know this, but just because someone's in a walking boot doesn't mean it's a significant injury. You know, right. walking boots are designed to allow you to walk without further, you know, uh, inflicting pain on whatever the area might be, ankle, heel, whatever. You know, that's all it is. It's just it's a way to just protect it for a little bit. It's not like a cast or anything. You know, it's just there so that you don't re-injure it. It's, right. It's, it's as simple as that. So. You know, um, how many days are we out now, Bill, before the uh, the opener? Oh, I lost count over the weekend. I want to say we're a couple of weeks out. So 16, 16 days, something two, like that. Plenty of time, Bill. Two weeks Plenty from next next two weeks from this Thursday. 
plenty of time. Yeah. You know, it's an injured, it's an injured heel. The MRI revealed like a little bit of extra blood in there. You know, that was about it. So it's not a big deal. All right, let's move over to contract year players, Todd. That's what we're going to discuss to wrap up the show here. You think players are extra motivated to really perform well the year they're entering the final, uh, their final year under contract? It certainly doesn't hurt the motivation, does it? No. <laughs> it certainly doesn't hurt, especially if you're a big name, uh, especially like in, in the case of uh, – let's just get into one of these names right here, Maurice Jones-Drew, right, mm-hmm. who had an injury last year and underperformed expectations, right? Yep. He's a guy with an incredible skill set. He could blow up this year and make himself an extra couple million if he can just get back to his old form. Only so, 27 for, years old. Yeah, he's not he's not over the hill yet. Although running backs, you know, the age uh, the, the age ticks a little faster when you're a running back. But still, I agree with you. He's still got some, uh, you know, gas left in the tank. And he's a type of guy that you know he's going to do whatever he can to be out there and uh, blow it up this year for the contract year. How about Darren McFadden from the Oakland Raiders? We heard our previous guest, Danny Fresh, talking about how he traded Darren McFadden in his dynasty league. Doesn't look like that trade worked out just yet. But he's in a contract year, and he's been a perennial disappointment. You'd have to think that if all years he wanted to stay healthy, and I really mean he wanted to, this would be the year that he does it. Wouldn't that just be a kick to the nuts, Bill? Huge, because you know I'm not – we have we have fantasy, gr- fantasy grudges, and I'm not drafting Darren McFadden. He's burned me way too many times. But if this is the year he does it, I'm going to really have, like, a fit. You know, we have the our guys list, right? Yeah. There should be a – Another list that's the opposite of the R guys list. The enemies. Our <laughs> enemies. <laughs> the do not touch list or whatever. Yeah, right. Because he would be on it. It's just it's just one of those guys that unless he drops to you at a ridiculous value, I just can't draft him. Yeah, so yeah. I can't so because do it. of that, he won't be on my teams this year. It would probably it would just be perfect if he went out and had a monster year that we've all been waiting for, for forever. Do you think he becomes valuable at, say, maybe the third or fourth running back on your team? Third or fourth? Yeah. Uh, He's a guy that you're putting in as your flex. I I guess. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't feel good about it, but I guess if he's – I mean, that's what I'm talking about. If he drops to that level, like – where you've already grabbed a wide receiver and a couple of running backs. Like he's right. sitting there out there, you know, in like the middle rounds. Totally. I guess you got to take him. How about Rashard Mendenhall with the Arizona Cardinals? Only signed the one-year deal. He was injured with the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. Only played, I think, like five games or something like that. He was a guy that was productive with them early on. He's another younger running back, only 26 yep. years old. But what do you think about his chances are with the Cardinals? It's a prove-it deal, right? Right. Is that what we call these things? It's yes. a one-year prove-it. So yeah. he's, you know, he's uh, – these these guys, if you really think about it, Bill, these professional football players, they don't sign that many contracts in a career. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. Especially the good ones. Do you know what I mean? You sign your rookie deal, which is like three years, and then you might sign a big deal if you're a good player, but maybe one or two big deals in your career, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. This guy has a chance to do that. So – He's another guy I have zero confidence in. And the first, you know, the next time a, a Cardinals running back actually, you know, becomes a fantasy threat will be like the first time. When's mm-hmm. the last time a Cardinal running back truly did anything in the NFL? Um, 
I'm trying to think. Maybe Beanie Wells three seasons ago. I think he had double digit touchdowns. Still, I mean, and even before that, I don't. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. So, I don't like the fit really. I know that people are high on the Cardinals rebounding with Carson Palmer and all that. Yeah. Um, I don't trust him, and uh, he's playing for a contract. That's pretty much the only positive that he's got going for him in my book. Which where would you draft how- him? I don't, I'm not drafting him. Exactly. I, I know a lot of guys are, are kind of targeting him as a sleeper this year, but I just don't see it. I mean, I don't think the Cardinals have much faith in him. They drafted two running backs, Andre Ellington and Stephon Taylor. They still have Ryan Williams, even though he's consistently injured. So, you know, when I when I see the team drafting running backs for the future, they're already planning ahead. That kind of is a little bit alarming to me. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, his his big year was in 2010 when he rushed for 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns. Right, and that was three seasons ago. Yeah, you know, so uh, I don't know. He, he just he's off the field. He's a bit of a knucklehead. I don't know. I don't I don't trust him. Let's move on to another one of those prove it contracts. Ahmad Bradshaw with the Indianapolis Colts uh, had a pretty decent career with the New York Giants. One helped them win two Super Bowls. Was a top 25 running back for a few seasons in fantasy football, but the foot injuries seemed to be popping up year in and year out, and I think that's why the Colts only gave him the one-year deal. We'll see if if Bradshaw can prove it this year. He didn't look that uh, – actually, he didn't even play the other night. Vic Ballard got all the action. Uh, So Bradshaw, again, heading into training camp and and finishing out the preseason, not healthy – but maybe that, that's just kind of uh, to keep him fresh for the start of the year. Well, you know, that's another guy that you have to go back to 2010, just like Mendenhall. In 2010, 1,200 rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns, caught fifty or 47 balls for 314 yards. So right. you're looking at a guy that, you know, put together 1,500 total yards and eight touchdowns. That's, that's not bad. And he's in an offense that's kind of screaming out for a running back to, you know, be, you know take the – Bull by the horns there, but the injuries are just too much to overcome or to overlook, I should say. Yeah. You know, I mean, yep. uh, on paper, I mean, you, if you would have told me Ahmad Bradshaw to the Colts without an injury issue, I Good would fit. love it. Yeah. I think he could be rejuvenated in Indianapolis, you know, with Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton and all the tight ends, the young tight ends they have, and Reggie Wayne. I mean, he could fit right in and produce really nicely there. Sure. Um, but the injuries, obviously, are just a giant red flag. How about on Brad, Bradshaw's former team, the New York Giants, Andre Brown? Now, we know they drafted David Wilson in the first round last last season. They still have Andre Brown in the mix. It's expected to be a running back by committee. He signed a one-year deal for $2 million, and this is another guy that just hasn't stayed healthy. Uh, yeah, he's got a contract year, but is, is, is the league really clamoring to get Andre Brown? No, that's the problem, I think, for him. Yeah. He needs to show up this year. Yeah, I don't think that he's uh, extra motivated, and he's got David Wilson in his way. So I don't, I'm not putting, you know, I'm not too worried about his contract here. All right, sticking with the New York Giants, how about Hakeem Nix? He's a guy that is widely looked at as a top 15 wide receiver, but when he's on the field, he's productive, and when he's not on the field, it's more often than not he, he's pretty banged up. He he truly is, I think, one of the premier talents at the position if he can yeah. just stay on the damn field, and he can't. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he put it all together and had a big year this year, Bill. He did not more so than any other guys we just mentioned. You think so? More so than all those running backs. Well, maybe except for MJD. MJD, I'm I'm good with him. But all those other running backs, I think I'd rather roll with um, 
Hakeem Nicks than any of those other guys. He can be in line for a big-time payday if he just has How one of the he? seasons that he's capable of doing. How old is I he? I mean, uh, 25, 24. Yeah. He's not he's old, young. Right? I mean, you think of Mike Wallace got $60 million. Percy Harvin has never had over 1,000 yards in a single season, got $50 million. That's the kind of deal that Hakeem Nix could be looking at this year. But he has to put it together. He has to stay on the field for at least 14 games. I'll give him him a two-game cushion. You know, he's he's one of those guys, Bill, that we've talked about it at nauseam. Coming off of a bad injury-riddled year, he could have a big year. He he could. I, I you know I have no problem with having Nick's on any of my teams this year. Twenty-five years old. There. Yep. Twenty-five. There you go. Look, I mean, look, just look at his last three seasons. Okay. Yeah. Thousand uh, thousand fifty-two yards, eleven touchdowns in two thousand ten. Yep. Uh, almost twelve hundred yards and seven touchdowns in two thousand eleven, and then last yep. year the bad year, only six ninety-two and three. So he he could easily get back to that thousand plus yards and you know seven eight nine ten eleven touchdowns this year. Yeah. He's just got to play. Got to be on the field. I'm with you on that. Uh, Eric Decker from the Denver Broncos is heading into his final season. Kind of interesting considering they brought in Wes Welker. Uh, to kind of round out their trio of receivers. Eric Decker is, what did he have, double-digit touchdowns last year? He had more than Demarius Thomas, yep. I know that. 13 touchdowns, yeah. 13 touchdowns last year. <laughs> for him to kind of be playing with Peyton Manning for a few more seasons, I think he'll be getting paid at the end of the year. By the Broncos or by someone else? By the Broncos. Okay, I agree with you there. See, he's one of those players that is much more valuable to the Broncos than he will be with any other team. Yes, Yes, I agree with that. And other teams probably view it the same way. They're like, uh, you know, if he becomes a free agent, you know, the argument is going to be that, well, you put up some nice stats with Peyton Manning as your quarterback. Yeah. But, you know, here we've got Blaine Gabbert and, uh, you know, for example. So I think that, you know, if he if he's playing for the to to prove it to Denver and not not much else, I don't think he'll get a huge payday from another team. How about James Jones from the Green Bay Packers, Todd? Led the league in touchdowns last year. He'll be looking for a big-time contract, and I think both of us agree he's a guy that you can get in your fantasy leagues late in your draft, and he can put up some solid numbers. Love the value there from a fantasy perspective. Sure. But if you're talking about a contract year, uh, another guy that if you're – he's a product of the system, man. Yeah. You know, again, kind of like Decker, you're playing with Manning, you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to put up bigger stats. Only an idiot team like the Raiders, you know, somebody like that would overpay for a Decker or for James Jones, and it's possible. Right. Do you know what I mean? Who who did we see a couple years ago? Laurent Robinson get a big contract from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Exactly. That's exactly a great example. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't see James Jones as a supreme talent. He's a product of the system. Love him for fantasy this year. Great value play. Um, And, yeah, he's playing for a contract, but uh, I I don't know. I just think they're they're just – completely tied to their quarterbacks. Now, here's a guy exact opposite of Eric Decker and James Jones. We know that Emmanuel Sanders from the Pittsburgh Steelers got some interest for some yep. other teams. We saw the Patriots. Uh, Sanders was an, uh, what, an unrestricted free agent or a restricted free agent. Yeah. The, the Patriots put a first-round tender on him. The Steelers matched the offer. So Sanders stuck with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But at least we know there's interest from around the NFL in Emmanuel Sanders' services. 
See, I think this guy is a little different. I think he has more to, to bring to the table than James Jones or Eric Decker, and he's not in a system like those two guys are in. I mean, yeah, Big Ben's a nice, you know, nice player, nice quarterback, of course, but those other offenses are pass happy. You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. I think he would be very sought after after this year. So uh, I actually kind of like after Hakeem Nix. I kind of like him. If you're talking okay. about guys that are going to be extra motivated, kind of like him, uh, along with Nix and the wide receiver group so far. Let's move on to Golden Tate from the Seattle Seahawks. Now, heading into the preseason, we all thought that Golden Tate was going to take a back seat to Percy Harvin, but now that mm-hmm. Percy Harvin's out until probably sometime in December, Tate is thrown back into the starting lineup, and he can make some noise with Russell Wilson entering his second year. Yeah, he could. He's a guy that's kind of flying under the radar on draft day, too. A little bit. Um, I haven't, like, you know, gone out of my way to snag him thus far. Have you? Not in any – well, I haven't had any real drafts yet, but I don't mind taking him as my wide receiver four or five in some of the mock drafts I've done. Exactly. Exactly. And his ADP right now is somewhere in that 12th, 13th, 14th round. So I think that there's value there. He's got some upside, obviously. With uh, a nice, you know, um, burgeoning quarterback there in Russell Wilson and no Percy Harvin. So, will he, like, blow it up because it's a contract year? Is he going to be in demand like maybe a Sanders or a Knicks? I don't really think so. I think he's a nice complimentary player mm-hmm. that uh, has shown he can make big plays in the clutch. All right, let's move on to the final wide receiver, Anquan Bolden with the San Francisco 49ers, Todd. He was traded from the Baltimore Ravens. He's entering probably the last leg of his career do you think the 49ers retain his services by the year by the end of the year? Mm. He's 30, he's going to be 33 this fall. Yeah, he's getting up there. I don't think he's going to be getting a big time contract from anyone. I think, you know, I think he's on like the year to year plan. Right. You know, okay. year two-year deal, you know, stuff like that. I don't think he's going to have a monster career. I mean, I just don't think he's going to have that monster uh contract given his See, age. I think he's kind of interesting though because Michael Crabtree's out. So yep. Bolden's really going to be the number one receiver other than Vernon Davis on that team. And if he plays, you know, up to snuff, he might he might sign up. He might be able to get a multi-year deal. Maybe. Could yeah. Be. He's in the right spot. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And like you said, without Crabtree there, he's going to be, you know, dependent upon to, to be the guy there. So it'll be interesting to see how that transpires. All right, we got three quarterbacks who are looking for a payday at the year, uh, at the end of the year. Mike Vick from the Philadelphia Eagles, Josh Freeman from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Jay Cutler from the Chicago Bears. It's Todd, let's start off with who's going to get the lowest contract next year. Who's not going to get that big-time quarterback-worthy contract? Mm. Cutler, Freeman, Vick. Vick. You think Vick's the guy, huh? Even though the Eagles just named him the starter? I don't. I think he'll be hurt again. <laughs> huh. I don't. I mean, if he can, if, if he can make it through the season unscathed and he plays all sixteen games for the first time, like forever, right? Different story. Uh, I just don't think he'll do that. And then, will, will another team want to sign him up for like three, four, five years, knowing his injury history? I don't think so. I, think I don't think Vic, the Eagles are going to bring him back. No, I think he's no. not with Philly at the end of the year. Unless he just blows it up and he's just unbelievable this year. I think Chip Kelly wants to – if Chip Kelly is serious about hunkering down and being in the NFL for a long time, okay, I think he's going to try to target somebody in this upcoming draft class. There's a, a nice crop of quarterbacks coming up in April. I think he's going to go that direction. I don't think he's going to you know, 
hedges bets on Michael Vick being healthy every year. I think Vick and Freeman are in interesting situations where Nick Foles is backing up Mike Vick. They also drafted Matt Barkley this year. And the Bucks drafted Mike Lennon, and he's backing up Josh Freeman. So neither of them have a lot of stability in their jobs for the future. We know they're going to be the starters this year. But if they don't play well, they might not get that contract extension or that new, or that new contract. Well, the thing, you know, like you said, with Tampa Bay, I mean, uh, that's a younger team. And right. Freeman's younger. Um, they did draft Glennon, who's a threat. But if Freeman can, like, I think Freeman's got a chance to have a, a kind of a rebound year. Not an amazing year, but a rebound year. And if he right. does that, they're going to have to make the decision. But I think that their decision will be to keep him around sure. and maybe overpay a little bit for him. Jay Collar with the Bears. Think he sticks around in Chicago? Uh, total wild card, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> total be. wild card yeah. in every sense of the word. I couldn't even tell you. Couldn't uh, even quick, tell you. Let's quickly move over to the tight ends. We got one big one, Todd. Jimmy Graham from the New Orleans Saints. He deserves every penny that he's about to get at the end of the season. I fully expect him to finish as the number one what tight end this year. Yep, I uh, totally agree. And then we got Brandon Pettigrew with the Detroit Lions. The always disappointing Jermichael Finley with the Green Bay Packers. And then Fred Davis with the Washington Redskins. All three of those guys are also looking for a payday at the end of the year. Yeah, and none of them inspire confidence in me that they're going <laughs> to blow it up this year because of the contract. I, you know, they're all decent except for Finley, who you can't stand. Um, you know, they all could put up nice numbers, be a top ten fantasy tight end, but I'm just not. Uh, I don't think they're going to blow it up because they're having a contract year. All right, and then finally, we have some players that were looking for a big payday, Todd, but they got injured before they could even make a play during the regular season. And, of course, I'm talking about Jeremy Macklin, who tore his ACL, Denario Alexander tore his ACL, Dennis Pitta from the Baltimore Ravens tore his ACL, and Dustin Keller tore his ACL, his PCL, his MCL, and dislocated his kneecap uh, just this weekend in the preseason. That was a pretty rough hit, man. It made me a little queasy. That was brutal. Here's my take on this. I think Macklin was going to have a nice year this year. I think somebody else was going to completely overpay for his services. I think that he's missing out on a huge payday. He's the one. He he would have someone would have overpaid for him, or, or or maybe he justified it. Whatever. Someone would have paid him a monster contract. Yeah, that's a shame. And Pitta, you know, now, now we'll see someone get him on the cheap. Yep. Pitta. I think that the Ravens would have paid whatever it took to keep him. I think that they were going to keep him in the mix. Agree with that too. I mean, he, so he would have gotten a big deal from his own team. Alexander. Um, 24 years old, Todd. He's had five knee surgeries. I know. So I don't think he would have gotten a huge deal, but I think he would have. um, Think somebody would have. He would have gone somewhere and and gotten a a nice deal, but nothing huge. And then Dustin Keller, you know, I don't know. He doesn't excite me that much, so I I don't know. I don't really know what kind of huge deal he would have gotten. I think it's Macklin that's losing out the most out of this group. Macklin and Pitta, but Pitta still. You know, if he can come back, I think Pitta could still hang around with with the Ravens. Yeah, I think Macklin, I think the Eagles are going to just move on from Macklin. See, the interesting thing about Dustin Keller is he got a pretty good contract this year. The Dolphins paid him $4.2 million. They gave him $2 million guaranteed and a million-dollar signing bonus. So for one year, $4.2 million, not too shabby, and he'll collect on the signing bonus, he'll collect on the guarantee, but we'll see what happens to him next year. The Dolphins may, might need him again because their tight end situation right now is pretty foggy. Yep. Very foggy. All right, Todd, we had a great show today. I want to thank Danny Fresh for calling us 
I want to thank all of our guests, all of our, all of uh, the fans that called in for their draft advice. We'll be back on the airwaves on Thursday for our Football Nation radio show. But we kind of do more general NFL. We'll look ahead at the third week of preseason. Certainly something worth listening to as you prepare for your fantasy drafts. But we'll be back on the airwaves next Tuesday from 12 to 2 live Eastern Standard Time uh, right here on the Football Nation Radio Network. Again, that's next Tuesday for the Fantasy Football Champs. But the great thing is you can always listen to us if you missed the show live. We're on demand on iTunes. We're on demand on iHeartRadio. Both of those gives you the ability to listen to your listen to the show on on your mobile devices, which is great. Absolutely, Bill. And hey, man, there's only two more shows before the season begins. We only have two fantasy shows left before actual NFL action kicks off. Yeah, it's crazy. Sixteen days, by the way, Bill. Sixteen. There's the countdown. I uh, I lost track of time over the weekend. Yes. Well, next this time days. next week it'll be nine and counting. Oh, I'm so excited. Aren't you just like, you just want it to start already? I know. Especially once you have your drafts, you know, the next couple of weeks. Then it's yeah. just like, okay, let's get going here. Let's roll. If you're listening to the show live, don't forget you can hit us. Uh, if you're listening to the show on demand, I should say, don't forget you can hit us up on Twitter, at FFChamps with your draft questions. We want to help you guys win your leagues. Check out FFChamps.com. It's only twenty nine ninety five for the season. Draft kit and in-season package. Twenty nine ninety five. It's 50% off right now. You can't go wrong with that deal, Todd. The best deal in fantasy, Bill. There you go. Anything you want to add before we wrap up the show? Nope. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to Danny for calling in. All the uh, other callers. Bill, we do have some emails we weren't able to get to. We'll get to those after the show and uh, answer yeah, I'll all send, your questions. I'll, I'll send uh, responses to those guys for sure. Very good. Want to thank want to thank everyone for listening, and best of luck in your fantasy football drafts for those of you drafting this week. For Todd DeVries, Josh Deering, I'm Bill Enright. Best of luck in your fantasy drafts. FFChamps.com. Extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck.